0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about bringing back curated loadouts, but in a completely different way, a good way. So wait and let me talk about it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. When you get there, hit subscribe and the bell button or the join button if you want to support me directly and take part in Q&As or VIP call-ins. Or uh, you can go to the Patreon at sntrpresents.com so what do i mean by bring back curated loadouts now some people might be like what on earth is a curated loadout uh it didn't go over all that well so i don't want it to come back how it initially showed up but if you go to the prestige versions of spire of stars or eater of worlds and you click prestige over here it says loadout restricted so i have to run if i want to run spire of stars right now i have to run a hand cannon a sniper rifle and then i can run whatever heavy i want okay so it makes you run a particular loadout. Now, sometimes one loadout can be better than another. There were some that were really, really annoying and they, you know, they weren't fun. But they did also bring modifiers to raids. That, you know, some weeks it was Prism and other weeks other things were going on. And so it, it kind of it was meant to, the intention was to freshen up the raids week to week. And I remember when I initially read about it, I was a supporter of it. I thought, well, this sounds pretty cool. We're gonna get modifiers in the raid. We're gonna change our loadout week to week. It's gonna really shake things up. Generally, it was rejected by the community. Somebody even told me this morning, I actually was not aware of this, Last Wish had a planned prestige mode. Apparently it's in the API. I don't know if this is ever going to show up, if they're ever going to do anything with it, but they apparently had a planned one for Last Wish. Now, I could see them doing curated loadouts, in there and they're being very frustrating with the eyes and some of the encounters not really being enjoyable, being told what uh, what to run. So I don't want to bring that back, but I think the essence and the spirit of it could be really really good for the end game so first I want to talk about why it didn't work then I want to talk about modifiers and how modifiers could take on a bigger role in the end game of Destiny and then I want to end by talking about how make it like Age of Triumph but better if you guys remember Age of Triumph from Destiny 1 make it like that uh, but make it uh, make it better so first and foremost why did it work A curated loadout, a forced loadout, really grates against the spirit of the game. This is a game where we pride ourselves on our loadout, we pride ourselves on the guns that we like to use. We become very attached to our guns. All you have to do is look at how upset people got about sunsetting, and you can see that we become very attached to our weapons. And that would be one of the driving reasons, one of many of the driving reasons why people did not like a curated loadout, especially in that environment, an environment where it's going to be challenging, you're going to want to have a great build, you know, an optimum build, we would call it, and so you suddenly feel like you're being forced to play in a deficient way, and that's not, I don't think, the ultimate goal that should come out of something like a curated loadout. Looter shooters are about the gear and the chase. The entire game is essentially motivating you to go get loot, so then you can use that loot and feel awesome and strong and this I think is is one of the reasons why it feels like it's a, a bit of a different animal but it has the same bite that I don't like Grandmaster Nightfalls. It doesn't feel like you're letting me sort of play how I want. It doesn't feel like a, a crescendo. It feels like you're biting me and get, inflicting the same pain of you have to play in a particular way. Now I know they're not. They don't tell you in Grandmasters, but it does funnel you into particular playstyles. And I do think curated loadouts are a different animal. But again, it has the same bite. It, it grates against that looter shooter sentimentality. Restricting choice, I think, just short circuits the way that most people think about games like this. When you restrict our choice this is one of the reasons i think it was yesterday we really really ranted and and railed against locked loadouts and some people were defending it but i said i I just i don't think locked loadouts achieve what they're hoping they achieve so that's why it didn't work all right now why would i want to bring something into the game that would essentially bring about what the the spirit of a a curated loadout was let's talk about how they could do it uh, with modifiers I think it's always a better way to motivate a loadout change or a loadout theme for a week is with modifiers. And the reason for that is it doesn't make you play in a way that feels deficient. It would promote you playing in a way that feels optimum if this week particular guns builds loadouts whatever are stronger they're buffed if you use them in a particular way they're going to do more damage to the bosses or the environments or whatever like that is one of the things i think that is distinctly different from a curated loadout a curated loadout restricts you in a way that makes you feel like you're playing deficient or less than optimal i don't want to use a sidearm i don't want to use a scout whatever if instead it said hey for this week these weapons that maybe you don't typically use or enjoy as much they're significantly stronger you would say oh I don't feel like if I lean into those modifiers I don't feel like I'm playing in a deficient way this is actually an optimum way of playing this week that's essentially, I think, capturing what was good about the spirit of curated loadouts. You're capturing this idea that week to week you kind of refresh it and make it feel good. It would freshen up not just like strikes and nightfalls, but the end game. I think you could put something like this in raids. One of the things I think is missing right now in the game is a sense of the end game having depth. It sort of just turns on a dime. It's like seasonal content, strikes, and then it's like nightfalls to grandmaster and then raid dungeons. But when you get to the raids, in the dungeons, there's nothing there, it's just the normal mode, there's nothing beyond normal, and that's just it, there's nothing to aspire to you're not gearing up to go beyond it, you're not even getting loot from that activity for like a harder version of the activity, so one of the things we've been asking for, at least one of the things I've been asking for, is hard modes, I want hard mode uh, for the dungeon, I want a hard mode for the new raid, and one of the reasons I think that We want this is because we had that in D1 and we know that gave just an extra layer of depth, grind and loot pursuit when they had those added in. This is why I want to end by saying make it like Age of Triumph, but better. If you weren't around for Age of Triumph and Destiny 1, what they did was week to week, there was a featured raid and you could go and do it and play it and get and do the challenges and try to get these really cool ornamental versions of the armor, and then they had uh, reissued versions of some of the primaries that were exotic because they no longer had elemental primaries at the time, so you could get elemental primaries again, but it would be like, you know, an exotic fate bringer, and the reason it was so good was, if you didn't particularly like Vogue or Crota, um, if you didn't particularly like those, th- those, those raids by the end of the week uh, by the end of the week you would be able to say you know what it's i i don't have to i don't have to do this again for three weeks right i don't like crota i, I gotta do this for a week the armor is pretty cool the loop motivation was pretty strong and you knew deep down i don't have to touch this again for three weeks that was a nice feeling because you would i think typically for most raids i think it's reasonable to get burned out and that's a long window of time to not be playing that raid and I think this would really help bring more to the end game. I think the end game needs more depth than just a delta. I think we need more than that power delta. Uh, we we need we need to really transcend beyond that idea. I think a delta is just too flat. I think it would help. I do think a contest modifier would be great to turn on for hard mode, so there's always that threat of death, and you always feel like you're not just able to just to kind of stand there and face tank. But weekly modifiers for a hard mode raid, hard mode dungeon would really keep things fresh one week, your favorite build or your favorite loadout would be the king loadout. And then the next week, it would be something else. So you might not like, you know, the the, the third week's uh, loadout. You might not like it. It might not really be your cup of tea. But the good news is, it's only around for one week. It's only around for you know the seven days before resets. What this would do also is strats and builds would change week to week. So there'd be, I mean, this would be I think, part of this might be fun for speedrunners. They might not like it, but the idea that week to week, there would be different optimum builds for damage on the bosses, completing certain encounters. Uh, maybe there would be certain uh, certain weeks where one boss or one encounter was significantly easier or harder week to week. And you've really got to attach loot to this. This is another area uh, where I think the Prestige Spire and Prestige... Um, you know, uh, Eater of Worlds where they fell flat is the loot motivation was so, so thin. There was nothing there. It was literally a couple of things and I think that the armor looked a little bit different. So there needs to be a really, really good loot motivator attached to this. If it's not forced, so it's the player that chooses it, it's a lot more enjoyable. So if one week you fu- you suddenly find yourself in a situation where you and your team discover the optimum build for that week and it kind of spreads to the community, that's really enjoyable. I think the community takes a lot of pride in that. We take a lot of pride in discovering the most efficient strategies, the most optimum loadouts. We're like yeah, this was dope. That's significantly different than saying, oh no, this week you have to run a scout or a sidearm or you have to run a machine gun. You're like, I don't really Want to coming up with you know unique strategies and solutions when. You're told, hey, this weapon is actually stronger this week. It's now kind of meta. It's now kind of the boss bake. And you come up with the best ways to really bolster those strats and create optimum builds, burns, and efficiencies. I think we would take a lot of pride in that. It would keep the end game fresh, add more depth to it, and give more opportunity for good loot chase in the end game of Destiny. So as always, we're going to transition to QA and VIP Collins. If you want to support me directly, click join or use SNTRPresents.com to become a patron. And as always, please like If you're listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents, this is going to be the QA session after my talk about bringing back curated loadouts. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or maybe Google Play, you can always catch me live at rage.com It'll bring you to the YouTube channel. You can hit subscribe and the bell button. You can also join uh, by clicking the join button, become a paying member, maybe join in a VIP call in or QA. Uh, we're doing watch parties and stuff on the Discord. So if you become a paying member here on Patreon, you can get into the Discord and enjoy those perks. Uh, it's been really, really fun hanging out with you guys every night. So, first question coming in from Avenger. And if anybody wants to submit more questions as a paying member, you can do that if something comes into your mind while we're talking about this. Uh, you can do that in the, uh, in the YouTube chat. Avenger says, uh, With this being implemented... Uh, do you think this could affect the raid difficulty spectrum? Adding curated loadout modifiers in the hard mode raid would be a good supplement some to supplement some difficulty but I really want to see more in raids you know this is, this is great minds think alike I mean this is where I actually saw it landing for me that's I think one of the biggest vacancies in the game is that that uptick in difficulty that second version of the raid you know kind of giving you the reason why do i want to get all this new loot why do i want to get these dope guns with these intrinsic perks like why would i want to do that well one of the reasons is there's a hard mode on the horizon and they could obviously lean into the weapon meta of the raid. If there are certain weapons that are there or absent, then obviously the modifiers for the hard mode raid could be uh, crafted around that. You could kind of craft it around that and set it up to feel like, okay, we, you know, we've 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 gotten these new weapons and now these new challenges, these new these new modifiers. I'm really really glad I got the fusion rifle. I'm really really glad I got the. Uh, you know, the, the the hand cannon or whatever. And intrinsic perks could play a role here too. They could say, um, we're going to use VOG as an example because we know what the name of the VOG stuff is. VOG, it was uh, Oracle Disruptor. So uh, for one week, they could say, this week, Oracle Disruptor is stronger on auto-rifles, SMGs, and machine guns. So you would know, like, oh... If I go into this raid and I want Oracle Disruptor to be at its at its peak strength, I need to run an auto rifle, an SMG, or a machine gun. You know, they would make the theme that week like rapid fire. Now, what they're not doing is is they're not telling you you must run those weapons. Maybe you don't have one yet, right? Maybe you don't like them, and then you don't have to run them. But if you do run them, that would essentially be your your optimum you know your optimum build and optimum loadout. And so this is where that they can get i think a lot of depth out of content that they've already made you've already made the raid adding contest modifier so it's tough maybe a couple extra pain points couple extra majors whatever change the mechanics a little bit and then you throw in these modifiers so week to week we kind of have to figure out what we feel is the you know the optimum build the optimum loadout and if they don't do this and they just keep doing normal mode raids, normal mode dungeons, I'll be pretty disappointed. Especially considering their plan to bring back Vogue gives me hope about normal hard mode, because it'll be really weird to have Vogue come back and for it to never get uh to never get the the second version of it, to never really have that hard mode come out, I think that'll be like, man you guys brought back Vogue but you didn't really bring back Vogue um, so I would, I would like to see hard modes come before that, to me it feels like Vogue would be the best impetus to say, hey in year 4 since we're planning on bringing back Vogue we really feel it's time to bring back a normal and a hard mode raid, uh, we brought back difficulty spectrum in the nightfalls, we had a hard mode version of uh, of sundial these are all great ways, I think, to add depth to the end game. But you can't just add modifiers and difficulty spectrum. The loot needs to be there. I, I, it's always got to be a two-pronged approach. It's always got to be a quality adjustment or improvement or a depth added to the content itself, and then you got to put loot down in there. If you don't do that, I, I find that typically, you know, I, I would find that to be pretty disappointing. I would be like, man... You know, you, it's great you guys added this difficulty, but why am I going to bother running it? We kind of ran into that with uh, you know, Heroic Sundial. What's the real point here? Why am I going to mess with this? It's it was literally for a what I think it was for a Pinnacle drop, wasn't it? It wasn't even that good. It, you know, there was no loot incentive attached to it. Now, one of the reasons I think they did that with Sundial though is because Sundial was only here for 3 months i'm hoping given that new seasonal content will last longer than the season we'll start to see uh you know we'll start to see that change um i'm gonna refresh chat i I don't know what's the the youtube chat no yeah you guys have just gone heavy lurk on me like discord chats continuing to discuss but like youtube chat just went complete lurk on me which is totally fine it's totally fine. It, I, I love lurkers, but YouTube chat can mess up and sometimes need refreshed. I'm seeing, Yeah, people are talking, so it didn't die. Sorry, you made me paranoid. I love my lurkers. I never call out lurkers, but um, yeah, the, the, the uh, YouTube chat was just like sitting there. I was like, really? Really? Like four minutes? <laughs> there we go. Now it's all moving again. Um, so yes, I, I, the, the, the modifiers in the game in both Strikes nightfalls, and potentially in raids, I think bring an opportunity to increase fun, challenge, and power. I think all three things can be affected here. All three things. The fun, the challenge, and the power. I think all three can increase in their sense. Now, obviously, in strikes, you would probably increase the feeling of fun and power more, and then when you go up into nightfalls, the harder it gets, the challenge would also go up. But I kind of feel like all of the all of the knobs are getting turned up as opposed uh, to just one. So, Worker Lurker setting up PS numbers at the moment? Yeah, no, we've, we've had YouTube chat act goofy, so sometimes that happens, and I'm like, oh no, did it die? And the only reason I say something is I don't want to be missing people's commentary if they're going back and forth with me about the particular topic. I don't want to miss that, so. Next question from Rain the Dark with curated loadouts being the requirement with d2 being utterly despised by a healthy chunk of the community how would you incentivize making it optional extra drops cosmetics well see i never thought about this this is another element that that they could add which i unfortunately think this would just be a a a passive coercion if there was like an extra chest or an extra drop if you ran the chosen loadout for the week i i feel unfortunately like everyone would feel like they have to do it so i don't know if you want to reward people for running the curated loadout because they'd be like well yeah it's optional but i'd be stupid to not run it right i'd be an idiot it's an extra drop um so again i think if its power it's it's that's where someone's gonna say oh this is totally optional. It can give me a sense of like optimum build and you know, so I it's 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 going it's going faster. We're we're beating things quicker. I feel awesome, right? I feel dope. We all know how that feels when you come up with a strat or a combination or you use oppressive darkness and you melt down a boss. You know, that feels pretty awesome. That's kind of a reward in and of itself. Um I would just worry if If it's required for an extra drop, people will say, well, this is no different than curated loadouts, you know? Now, if you really hate the loadout for that week and you don't do it and you miss out on the extra drop, I guess that would be the silver lining of it being optional. Make a weekly challenge bounty. I actually would prefer the challenges to, to, to just be in the raid itself and not a bounty, but I always have liked the idea of challenges being in there. I think it should go normal mode, hard mode, challenge. Like, that's the order it should go in. You launch one in each month of the season. Um, and that, I think, keeps things fresh. First month of the season, the raid drops. Hard mode drops in the second month. And then challenge mode drops in the third. Um,. So, and and yeah, I think I think challenge mode should only be present in hard. Uh, I think that would be a better way of doing it. Um, Matt Ben with uh, twenty five dollar tip says, "I'm the best." That's how I've helped so many guardians today. Thank you so much for the twenty five dollar tip. A lot of people have used super chat today. We've hit a hundred dollars in super chat tips. We've had one new member. We have three hundred likes. Let's see the like count go up too. We would love to see the like count go up. If you're enjoying the show today, click subscribe and the bell button. That's free. Uh, clicking like is also free. So thank you for being here. Sensory Fern. Could curated loadouts also add to the fun factor in endgame activities? The current system doesn't feel like there's any room for experimentation or making big plays. Well, this is one of the reasons I wanted to zoom out on modifiers. And like I said, I, I really think they should consider when they're examining the role of modifiers in the game, how much fun is it adding? How much power is it adding, and how much challenging challenge is it adding obviously the the increase in challenge would be more pronounced and more noticeable in a raid dungeon or a nightfall if they're if they're they're adding modifiers for challenge and the further down you go in the game, the more those modifiers would give you a sense of power and a sense of fun. So the knobs themselves, if you picture them as knobs that go up to you know volume ten or eleven. Uh, if 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 you're if you're a fan of that movie you know if if there's three knobs i would say in strikes the knobs for fun and power are turned up a little bit more and the knobs for challenge the knob for challenges isn't as turned up and obviously it's they they equalize in turn the further up you go in in content you know if you're if you're if you're gonna do it that way, I think what it does is it creates a clear spectrum of, I need to gear up, I need to get better, I need to improve, instead of feeling like such a sharp shift it's almost like you're you, again, you've got these levers or these knobs that you're increasing and decreasing depending on where you are I love how Lono says kind of like kinda, I'm saying the word kinda, it's kinda like kind of is a word <laughs> I'm not saying kind of I'm saying kinda, it's kinda like this it's kind of like that <laughs> i do i do soften the d so it does sound like kind of um anyway uh yeah the the current system you say it doesn't leave room for experimentation or making big plays that's one of my primary you know uh, criticisms of of going so extreme with how it's presently set up it's so much pain it's so much delta it's so many negative modifiers that i i don't think it allows people to come up with unique solutions now listen i know every time this happens people are like but lono you've not played a grandmaster but lono we do all this and we do all of that in general i think the the way that the current endgame exists i think people need to stop defending grandmasters and see how much more substantive the endgame could actually be i don't i don't think grandmasters are worthy of your defense if you like them, great. If you've run them, awesome. If you've actually felt like you could experiment in them, great. But I don't think, if you're honest, you could say, oh, no, yeah, they don't need to do anything. Grandmasters are exactly how they should be. They, I do think they need some some work and, 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 and some help. Uh, and I think that is that is part of uh, the situation here where we we want to see modifiers promote a lot of different things. So week to week, if you want to, you can change up your loadout. You can change things around instead of feeling like it's the same. We found the meta. This is the meta. This is what's best. And this is what we're going to run. You know, it, 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 whenever, whenever I'm going into, you know, end game content, that's always, that's always the question that I have, which is always the question that everybody has is what's the best what's the meta what's the strongest stuff and if 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 they don't if they don't give you enough pain you end up just trivializing the content and it doesn't really matter if they do give you enough pain then it's it becomes it becomes a, well, this is the only solution. Does that make sense? So a lot of the times I think people were, where they were trying to solve our massive damage output. Well, we put out so much damage, why wouldn't Bungie just make the enemy have a lot more health? Okay, well, the problem with that is, you essentially make people feel like they have to run a certain loadout, okay? They have to run maximum DPS because the enemy has way too much health. So if you're going to break it down and say, how could we add more depth to the end game?" I think this is the way you do it. You add modifiers that are turning up a knob of power and turning up a knob of fun like, ooh, it'd be fun this week to run this weird build, right? And then you have a couple other modifiers in the raid that you know, make it a little bit more challenging, keep you on your toes a little bit change it a little bit, you know, make it make it flow different and so, if if, uh if you don't approach it in that way, I feel like you fall into one ditch or the other. You either fall into the ditch that we're in now, which is just normal mode, and then it just feels super trivial, or you fall into the ditch of, this is so incredibly hard, they've, they've upped the difficulty so much that the solutions just really start to narrow. It flattens the game out. I don't want the Grandmaster Nightfall effect to hit raids. Like, here's your hard mode raid, whoosh, and it flattens it out, and you're like, well, these are. There's only a couple of really, you know, reasonable choices here for subclass loadout, exotic, you know, etc. And so, I wouldn't want to see that, as I call it, the Grandmaster Nightfall effect, hitting, uh, hitting raids. Nagi says, would you put curated loadouts only into endgame content and also into content like strikes or maybe even gambit? I fear it would become tiring to always have to switch your loadout to the most effective weapons right, I think this is where you would want a theme for the week, you know so you would build on it you know, so I think they do this in Nightfalls, you, you as you would go up in the game the modifiers would increase hang on, that's not what I meant to do so if you go into nightfalls and you click and you you go up right air superiority stays there do you see air superiority overload champions barrier champions and root algorithm they all stay there when I go here okay but they add match game and equipment locked and then I go here and then they add chaff and champions mob or whatever the frick that one is So what ends up happening is they could create a theme for the week to where when I click on strikes, there's a couple positive modifiers that are new. We need some new ones. And then maybe one negative. And that becomes your basis for the strikes and and the raid. Like, that's your building block. You build off of that. So no matter where you're going, that's the general theme for the week is, you know, arc and this and that and da-da-da-da. And then obviously, you rotate all that week to week. Now, what that does is is I think it starts to train people to think, okay, so for this week, I really need to look at ARC, uh, auto rifles, and machine guns, you know? And then, obviously, as you go up in difficulty, there's other modifiers to consider. There's other perks to consider. The raid's throwing in, like, its own, hey, for this week, Oracle Disruptor is stronger on those weapons you know machine guns and auto rifles or whatever and again you don't have to run them but you're training the player base to see if i pay attention to the modifiers and i lean into them i can actually feel stronger and beat stuff quicker instead of just always running the same thing every single time it keeps things fresh and it also you know passively educates players about what it is to change your loadout to lean in now i i do agree with the fear here though that Nagi is outlining and I, I feel, I feel this and I experience this in a pretty, in a pretty clear way. Whenever I'm going to run a strike and I grab a bunch of bounties, I'm like, okay, I need a grenade launcher. I need a linear fusion. I need a sword. I need a sidearm, an SMG, a scout, a bow, uh, a fusion rifle. Okay. And I need to get arc kills, but I also need to get solar kills, even though it's arc burn. I feel like I'm spinning eight plates that don't matter. And it's just annoying. So, I would harmonize all of it. So, for the week, everywhere you go, the burn, the bounties, all of it is arc. So you don't feel stupid going into an arc burn environment, running a bunch of solar stuff because you're trying to get solar kills. So I would harmonize that. And then you harmonize the base modifiers. So if for that week they've made auto rifles and machine guns stronger, that reigns true in Nightfall, Grandmaster Nightfall, Dungeon Raid. They're all having some type of a modifier that's pointing you towards auto rifles and machine guns. Um... I imagine the same problems we have with the bounties right now. And that also dovetails really, really well with my, my feedback on how to handle bounties. Bounties should be generic and shared with the fire team. So it should be any weapon bounty should either be a primary weapon bounty secondary weapon bounty or a heavy and then it should just tell you what you do with the heavy get rapid kills with the heavy get kills without reloading now that might not work with the sword so i don't know how they would track that one but you know get precision kills with the primary get kills with the primary without reloading get rapid kills with the primary um that's all you gotta do So it doesn't matter what I'm running. I don't need to bring eight primaries with me into strikes. I bring whatever it is that makes sense for the week, Whatever the modifiers are leaning me towards, I just grab. I'm like, ooh, auto rifles and machine guns, cool. And then I'm like, oh, I need to get rapid kills. Oh, I need to get kills without reloading. I I better stop reloading my auto rifle. Ooh, I need crit kills. Okay, I gotta go a little bit slower and aim for the head with this auto rifle. 20 kills with people would be easy quick well homie hear me out I'm not going all the way down the line and jotting it all out for you obviously yes if it was shared and more generic you'd increase the quantity so it's not done in literally 20 seconds you, you beat the first room and you're like all my bounties are done this is great like yes you need to increase the number but if it became shared and more generic then it wouldn't be so painful you'd grab your bounties you'd make sure to like go for crit kills rapid kills kills without reload whatever and then you would just enjoy the content and those bounties would just be there as like a little teeny extra supplement they're not going to be center stage for XP earn rate anymore anyway uh, they can't completely invalidate them though if they totally invalidate them and they make them to where you're literally like why bother going to the tower and grabbing them isn't worth it because the XP has been so incredibly gutted uh, Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not even going to mess with this well then then they become pointless. I think there's a there's a happy medium that they can strive for where if you're going to do them it's worth your time. It's worth your time, but it's not so central as it feels like it is right now. It feels super super central because it's it is the single most effective way to level up both the artifact and your season pass. So Darksider, with curated loadouts, I fear there would be potentially certain combos that would make the content impossible, like Eater of Worlds with shotguns and LMG is near impossible. You think there should be some limitations? Well, here's the thing. These would be modifiers. These would be modifiers that would basically promote different optimum builds. So we wouldn't, you wouldn't want to make it to where it's, it's impossible or it feels like w- there is literally no way I'm going to be able to do this this week. I think that's where curated loadouts kind of fell off the rails. I think they fell off the rails because folks were like, dude, this encounter is literally not made for that. Everything's far away or everything's up close or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. So I I 100% agree that you don't want to create uh, situations where it's too painful or the content, that's why I gave us that spectrum right? There's the there's the fun factor the power factor and the challenge factor if you turn one knob up too loud and another ob, a, a knob down too low that's when I think people jump off and they're like this sucks, this is stupid like I am not having fun um, one of the reasons I think curated loadouts fell off the rails is because Bungie didn't actually yeah, you know, they didn't actually curate it very well, which is ironic given the word curated loadouts. I don't think they were curated very well. I think they were they were sort of they were sort of random and haphazard, so you ended up with combinations that were really bad. Now, I know going into it, I think it was Joe Blackburn that was like one week will be easier or harder than the next. That feels like a bit of a um That feels like a bit of an excuse, you know? It's like if the traffic and the and the routes and the roads in your city are terrible, and everybody's asking for for wider lanes and some reroutes and some better ramps or whatever, and your mayor or whoever comes out is like, you know, it's just gonna be that way. You know, at different times of the day there's gonna be traffic jams. And it's like, oh, come on, you could do some things to make sure that doesn't happen. I felt like that was a bit of a of a weak excuse to say Yeah, we weren't really paying attention. Some of the combinations are just kind of dumb. If they grate against the spirit of the encounter, I think that's when things really, really break down. Um, It would be like going into an environment that was all close quarters and requiring people to use scouts, snipers, and linear fusions. You'd be like, this freaking sucks. This encounter is a rambunctious close quarters. Like, imagine doing the Axis fight. Well, I guess we use linear fusions on the boss. That wouldn't be as bad. But scouts and snipers in that Axis fight would have been kind of rough because everything's, like, right on top of you. I mean, everything is just... immediately, you know, just, it's like, everything's like five, uh, five feet away. Nothing's really, really close. And so I would, I would say if anytime you're trying to do something like a curated loadout, you need to respect the encounter and honor the spirit of the encounter so for those of you watching live that was a bit of a blip right there uh it just bumped me to another ingest server that's not my internet um that was that was youtube uh so you might have seen a little bit of a blip but the recording just kind of presses on so our format works really well with some of these weird issues that we have so uh the the stream doesn't crash or go down it just kind of continues on so thanks for uh continuing uh, to be here so uh Darksider's right though, and I want to make that point again, that Bungie didn't curate, ironically enough, they didn't curate the loadouts well enough, so it turned into a really frustrating or avoidable endeavor with a lot of what happened in the Spire of Stars Eater world's curates. Japanther, do you think curated loadouts have the potential to allow for more interesting rotating PVP modes? For example, it could open up the possibility of shoddy sniper mode, like in Halo, or silly stuff like rocket sidearm, swords only. Right now, the only thing close to that we get is Scorched. I would worry. I would worry here that this could become diluting rather than enhancing. And what I mean is, week to week if you if you're constantly shaking things up in crucible it might just dilute too much to where not enough people would go into the player pool if that makes sense scorched is clearly like a fun almost party mode that you run in you grab your scorch cannon and you're just having a blast right and then you have you know if if there was literally a Um, I don't know what we'd call it. Let's just call it the modifier, the modifier playlist. And everybody knows that week to week, the modifier playlist in Crucible changes to keep things fresh. My concern would be that you would have weeks where nobody wants to go in there. No one. And if nobody's going in there, uh, the playlist would really, really struggle uh, the playlist would super super struggle, and then you're gonna have nobody wanting to go in, and it would it would it would end up it would end up being uh, you know somewhat weak uh, in the grand scheme of things because you would feel like man I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna even mess with this. So I'm gonna read through this during Q and A because it literally just hit, um, and I'm even gonna update my title. Uh, I'm gonna update my title uh, Destiny Two. Um, let's see here. Uh, Warlock Stasis New Info So we have Warlock Stasis New Info That literally just hit uh, Their website So it's called Shade Binder The staff sealed my hands In rhyme and the song Resonated through my flesh I was its instrument and it was Mine when we sang be still to The world it would obey So some nice little lore there Um and this is okay so we've got two things we can click on here The super is called Winter's Wrath. Summon a powerful stasis staff whose projectiles instantly freeze their targets. Detonate the staff crystal to send a shockwave of destruction towards your frozen foes, shattering them into pieces. So this isn't surprising. We kind of already saw this in action. We're just getting a bit of a description here. I was hoping for more than what we're getting. Melee is called Penumbral Blast. Fire stasis energy from your staff and freeze opponents in their tracks. So that's literally all we got. Um, this is this is really really weak. This is virtually all deducible from the video they already released. I kind of think I feel like they're really stretching the pizza dough thin here. Um, Part of me wonders if when this was all packaged and created, because we have to remember a lot of this stuff was probably packaged, typed up, like even the little animation in the background. A lot of this stuff was probably put together, you know, a month ago, maybe. Um, and more than likely, the the drip feed of it was not originally planned. That would be my concern is they weren't originally planning on drip feeding this. And so it's, uh, it's, this isn't, I, I feel like this is going to probably cause more irritation than good, given that none of this information cannot be readily seen in the video they released at Gamescom. So, sadly, I think the delay of Beyond Light is going to hurt the marketing more than anything because they're having to stretch it too thin. So, I'm not going to beat them up. I'm not going to beat them up about this. We know the situation. I'm going to say this is more symptomatic of the delay than anything. I think that video and these three clickables were supposed to hit the same day. So, hopefully this is not indicative of what the actual DLC brings. Uh, Ashen Hollow with the next question. Don't you think we are getting enough nudging with the artifact and champions, and wouldn't this also require a lot of artifact tweaking to make it so it doesn't clash? I actually happen to think you can take a lot of that off of there. Um, oh, apparently there's an entire article. Hang on a minute. Oh, there's an entire article. Okay. I was like, Gemini Christmas, this is light. Hang on a second. <laughs> I was like, uh, this is literally nothing. Um, I'm just gonna keep reloading my history. Here we go. Okay. So we'll get to the we'll get back to the questions in just a moment. We'll pick it up with uh with Ashen's question. I'll scroll up just to be sure. Okay. I was like, what the actual frick? That is nothing. Okay. Stasis spotlight warlock shade binder. Here we go. A nice big picture. We'll make this our talk tomorrow. Looks like we got a lot more substance here. Fracture with frost. Keen masters of destru- destruction, launching projectiles, freezing as many enemies as possible, and shattering them all in one fell swoop. The Shade Binder ensures no foe is left standing. Winter's Wrath is the super we just read about. We just read about the shattering shockwave and the penumbral blast. Um. And then they have the launch date down in the corner. It says, Welcome to the first in a series of Stasis Spotlight articles, where we'll be talking, uh, taking a look at Stasis via each of the three Guardian classes in Destiny 2. Stasis is the first new elemental power in Destiny since the original trio of Arc, Solar, and Void and its introduction in Beyond Light will have ramifications for players across all aspects of the game, from from narrative to combat to the way which players will customize their Guardians. Each Guardian class will feature a new Stasis subclass with Beyond Light, and as you might expect, each class will use Stasis in a unique way. Stasis is the domain of control, an elemental power that is less about outright aggression and more about careful control of enemy combatants and space, sometimes even using the powers of Stasis in a defensive way. Hunters zipping by in the blink of an eye while slowing down opponents in Stasis fields, Titans smashing their fists to the ground, launching jagged eruptions of Stasis crystals from the Earth. Um... Oh, there's, they even did a new trailer. Okay, we'll watch that in a moment. Well, I gotta be careful with trailers. We might not watch the trailer. Uh, that might get the, the video demonetized. Um... No matter which class you prefer, stasis will change the way you play uh, Destiny 2. By commanding stasis in Beyond Light, uh, players will have access to new powers that change their approach to fight. In combat, stasis can manifest in multiple ways. They are just really repeating themselves here. Uh, Including freezing and slowing opponents, creating crystalline uh, stasis structures, and even shattering frozen combatants. Uh, The range of options gives players more ability to control large-scale fights than ever before no class embodies the concept of freezing better than the warlock shade binder imbued by stasis energy the shade binder can summon a stasis staff that fires projectiles that can freeze opponents immediately rendering them immobile the shade binders penumbral blast melee attack is a quick burst of stasis energy that erupts from the staff and instantly freezes anyone it hits from there the warlock can either deal with the frozen foes or leave them to be uh leave them be and move on to more immediate threats if you're looking to combine freezing with destruction look no further than shade binders super winter's wrath here the shade binders summons their stasis staff and fires projectiles that instantly freeze opponents the second stage begins and the fight ends when the guardian raises the staff detonates its stasis crystal and sends a devastating shatter shockwave that disintegrates nearby frozen opponents um, oh this, the, the trailer is just all repeat and recuts from the other one okay Okay, so, here we go. Customizing Stasis. If you've ever played Destiny for long enough, you know that choosing the right subclass uh, for each situation can be crucial to the outcome of a fight. Titans have their bubbles, Warlocks have their wells, Skilled Guardians know how important these abilities can be in a pinch. I love that they they mentioned bubbles and wells, because they're like meta, PvE meta. Uh, with Beyond Light and Stasis, we're giving you a bit more flexibility to customize your subclass and your style of play. So here... I see four abilities, so I see Rift, Jump, and then I don't—I I don't know what those are, but those are there. Uh, each stasis subclass in Beyond Light will give players the ability to customize abilities like grenades, movement modes, class abilities, and so on. Uh, with, In addition, we've added new layers of customization with the addition of Aspects and Fragments. Aspects manifest as physical items in the world, such as Crystallized Vex Conflux or a Robotic Fallen Arm, for example. When slotted, Aspects will offer players new abilities, among other effects. These abilities can be mixed and matched freely by the player. Many Aspects have space for Fragments to be slotted in fragments are also physical items uh, you can discover in in the world that, when applied to aspects, offer additional passive perks such as stat bonuses that may come with penalties. Aspect upgrades are unique to each stasis subclass while fragment slots are class agnostic. How players combine these two different types of upgrades will lead to a range of customization options. So they give us a screenshot here of the first one here it's called Frost Pulse. Um... It says a conflux trapped motionless in a crystal, infinite possibilities held in tranquil inertia. You unleash the darkness within, suspending your enemies in harrowing stillness. Casting your rift generates a shockwave that freezes nearby combatants. So when you add frost pulse, it uh, it it augments, this is almost like an augmentation, it augments your... Uh, your class ability so that's pretty dope Uh, we have another example down here this is okay so that's an aspect and this is a fragment this is called Whisper of Bonds. Defeating frozen targets with weapons grants you super energy, but it takes away intellect and discipline. So now we're cooking with gas here. This is what we've talked about. We've talked about benefits with loss because it's a ba- it's a more painful decision. You're not quite sure what the best build is. So I lose 10 intellect and 10 discipline here, but... If I play differently, I can make it up. I can get that intellect basically back by... If I'm constantly defeating frozen targets with weapons, I'm going to get that super energy. Okay? This is actually... I'm not going to get the hype train going yet, but this has really, really good potential. And you can see down here, it's got the ramifications. Of what it's going to do, it's going to take it to sixteen twenty-three. The stats are listed on the left, and then there's one, two, three, four, five uh, to choose from as far as there's four slots for the fragments, and there's five currently in this in this screenshot to choose from. For example, a warlock finds a frost pulse aspect in the world and equips it. This aspect augments their rift ability, which now freezes any enemies caught in the field. The frost pulse aspect also has a fragment slot available, allowing further customization. So remember when I said they should take the the attunement diamonds and let me drill down in like knife trick to make knife trick heal or more damage or less damage but rapid. Remember when I said that like drilling down in the abilities? This is exactly what I had in mind. The idea that you can drill down into your rift and change it from what somebody else might be running. The Warlock decides to slot in Whisper of Refraction Fragment that replenishes some of their class ability energy upon shattering enemies. They they now have set themselves up with a nice one-two punch and if played skillfully can use the combo frequently. With its focus on freezing and shattering the Shadebinder subclass promises to give Guardians yet another reason to love their floaty book-loving Warlocks. But no matter what class you like all players will be able to take advantage of aspects of Fragments to unlock even more ways to make your Guardian yours. In our next article coming Thursday we'll be pointing the stasis spotlight to the class that loves to punch first and ask questions later the titan behemoth in the meantime check out the stasis hub page to learn more about stasis and we got some really great screenshots here um so I'm just going to leave this up for the duration of Q&A because it looks awesome um we we jumped the gun we jumped the gun that first thing we looked at i was like literally this is it that's like actually already in the video but this this looks freaking dope i'm actually curious what people like Lightleap think because he's wanted depth and i'm curious if he thinks this even if, if this starts to whet his appetite for depth I'm, I'm actually very curious about that he's typing in discord we will wait with bated breath he says even i gotta admit and this is pretty sweet. Okay, so this is promising. This is promising. If you're just tuning in, we've been looking at the new information about the Shade Binder uh, customization for Warlocks. We're going to continue with Q&A. If you like the vibe of the stream, it's safe for work. We do a podcast interactive style. I'm working my way through questions about... I outlined ways they could bring back curated loadouts. Uh, so if you're enjoying the stream, please click subscribe and the bell button. I will... Um, I will read through this again. We'll kind of walk through it again and talk about it and we'll do a video tomorrow in Q&A as well. So, Ashen Hollow with the next question. Don't you think we're getting enough nudging from the artifact and the champions and wouldn't this require a lot of artifact tweaking? I do think the artifact needs tweaked. I don't like the idea that season to season if I want to engage with champions it really limits my choice. I think champion mods should be more standard. I've even argued that champion mod should be intrinsic to the the the, the uh the actual archetype of the weapon so any rapid hit weapon should be able to do overload any high impact uh or precision weapon should be able to do uh, unstoppable and then all of your other uh, all of your other frames all of your aggressive frames those should be your anti-barrier that would enable you to have a lot more freedom and then it would enable Bungie to do a lot more with what we outlined today by using mods, modifiers to funnel you towards particular builds where you feel strong. It's not forcing you like we're forced by champion mods or we're forced by the curated loadouts of the raid layers. It's not forced, it's incentivized. Click Fire. What about curated challenges for pinnacle activities, where you use a specific weapon, not just an archetype? Kind of like the Triumph Play Gambit with a Gambit weapon in each slot. The only reason I don't like this is we, we addressed this a little bit earlier. This is passive coercion, is what I call it. They're sort of passively coercing you into running a particular build. And if you're like, I don't want to run that particular build, you feel like you have to if it's attached to like an extra reward, an extra drop. I would rather it be about modifiers to motivate optimization that you don't necessarily need to do. It is optional. So if the minute it's passively required, I think you're basically a hop, skip and a jump away from how curated loadouts originally landed in the game. Sure, it's ignorable, but you'd feel kind of stupid ignoring it. You'd be like, I'm, I'm missing out. I want to make one observation that if this is the updated UI for Destiny 2 come November, I am very excited. That looks really, really, uh, different is what I'm going to say. I know people have talked about how we're getting Vulcan as an engine for the UI. This might actually be our first sign of proof of that not necessarily an update to the Tiger engine for everything I've been hoping for, but it does seem like the UI is getting a total overhaul, which would add credence to some of the rumors about Vulcan. Um, So... Eagle, Eagle coming in with the next question. Do you think having curated loadouts will be better received if each raid encounter had a curated loadout specified to it? No, I think the danger here is, this is what I would call over-baking the cake. We're already gonna do that anyways, Eagle. Like, we're already gonna go into certain encounters and know that certain heavies, certain builds, certain supers take precedence. Uh, Like, I'm running tractor cannon at the baseball diamond in Garden of Salvation. Um... uh, it's called is it's called Vulcan, not Vulcan. What? Am I pronouncing it wrong? Anyway, uh, I use a tractor cannon at the baseball diamond, but I don't use the the tractor cannon at the end. The, the, the encounter sort of dictates my choice. This is why I like modifiers. You'd be like, well, wait, do I want to run tractor cannon? If I run this machine gun, I might actually be able to use that to greater effect than the tractor cannon. Or I might determine that not nah, tractor cannon is still my favorite. Um... Uh, so we will, uh... To, to answer your question, if it changed every encounter, I think it's a, a bit too much. That feels almost micromanagey. Like, every every encounter, I gotta pull out my Ghost, But like, what's the modifiers here? I think setting them for the entire raid would be better. Similar to my answer about Strikes and Nightfalls, set a theme for the week, so I'm not constantly changing literally every jot and tittle. Minor changes, minor weapon swapping, but not like, okay, now I gotta change my subclass, I gotta change change this, I gotta change that, it's a different elemental burn, you know, it would. I think it would get too involved um, Vulcan is only an update to the API it's cross-platform compatible already used by Stadia, it's not a new engine okay, well then riddle me this, Batman there are PlayStation buttons on the screen of this screenshot, and that looks like that would be pretty hard to do what I'm looking at on the Xbox and the PS4 that looks super involved. I don't know about you. I, there's something about that that feels like it's far more depth. You're zoomed in on the character, his hands, you know, protruding forward. Um, I don't know, man. There's. I don't want to keep doing the engine talk where there's smoke, there's fire. I know there's been leaks that we're not getting a new engine. I'm not going to say new engine, but I feel the engine's been significantly updated in order for this to be possible. It might not even look like this on the Xbox One and the PS4. Maybe it only looks like this on the PlayStation uh, uh, Five, the Series X, and PC. Because, like they said, they're launching another version on the uh, on the Xbox Series X. You know that optimization. I don't know. This seems heavy for the current console generation. There's something weighty about it. My instinct just tells me that's pretty involved UI, and we all know how clunky UIs can get. I mean, look at the way the UI works right now. It's clunky and slow on the old consoles. So, Bradley with the next question in last wish bungie gave players a challenge in the form of a triumph such as finish the raid with all void subclasses instead of telling players what types of guns to use should bungie introduce more triumphs to incentivize playing in a new way well i like this as a as a as a cherry on top right i like that as a cherry on top a okay if you play this week under this modifier set The modifiers could maybe have like a title, you know, the run and gun week, the, the week we've been using as an example where auto rifles, SMGs and machine guns are all buffed. So run and gun, you know, it would give you a triumph, beat the raid on hard during run and gun, you know, run and gun modifier, you get a triumph for that. And maybe give you a little emblem and if you do them all you get something cool or something special a special shader or something so then you're like this week sucks but you're motivated to at least do it once to get that triumph where's this info at it's on Bungie's website today was the reveal of the new Warlock customization and it's looking really really promising it is it's looking very promising uh, with the, the, the amount it looks like there's six total fragments you can find. You can equip up to 3 or 4, but there's six dots down here. I don't that I don't know. We don't want to look too into it, but yeah, this is looking pretty this is looking pretty good. I cooked my first reverse sear steak yesterday. Oh my giddy aunt, it was fantastic. Be nipple, you'll never be able to go back, brother. You'll never be able to go back. Revert you can't go back. Reverse seer converts you. Uh, it, it converts you. Um They can always add new aspects and fragments as well. See, now Teddy's cooking with gas. They could do this. Imagine they do this to the other subclasses. Every season, they can add new aspects and fragments. Every season, they can add new ones to spice things up. I think Wish's leaks are accurate, and he misunderstood. I think they coded the game to be more modular, hence the DCV, and they unified the graphics API to Vulkan. Seems the most likely explanation. Given the gameplay that was released in the press kit, it looks pretty much like what we have. Oh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. There's been a lot of a lot of rumors about an engine change, or at least an engine update. If Again, I think it's an update at least. Uh, somebody said this, you know, these screenshots, these screenshots, like his hand coming forward, it just screams next gen. You know, it just screams next gen. It makes me think of the God of War menus, where it would like flip him around, and he'd, he'd get his axe out. Just how awesome that was. That's what this makes me think of. A very souped up, you know, character UI menu. Ink Toxicant with the next question. Do you think the charge, uh... The charge system could add depth to curated loadouts. Example: earn charges through specific weapon kills, turn a mod into a weekly curated bonus, and make builds easier. Well, this is what I was thinking about. I didn't even go down this line because I think it, it can get a little too—I lose people in the in the weeds if I get too specific, and they're like, well, I, don't, "I would hate that." And it's like, "Well, no, that's not what I meant." So I tried to stay big picture, but I think this is another thing that could come from this they could essentially say hey the artifact has new seasonal mods on it and well and there's new seasonal mods in the game in general like charge with light cuz charge with light wasn't on the artifact there's new seasonal mods and they buff them and they tweak them and make them better in the raid for you know that week or whatever so they're motivating you to go in and try out the new stuff i talked about how they should do that with grandmaster nightfalls they should motivate you to do that experimentation by making it really really strong so that's where uh that's where I would take it. So Ampere's looking pretty good. What are you talking about, Wheezy? Did you see something that I didn't see, Wheezy? Mentioning pricing yet? Oh, he's talking about the NVIDIA thing. Okay. So yeah, anything anything that promotes more diversity of builds, more experimentation, I am in favor of, and I think modifiers are the ticket. I think they're the ticket to getting people to do that, because you're not forced to do it, you're incentivized to do it. There's a huge difference between those two things. Bradley. Sorry for the back-to-back questions. You're fine. Uh, In PvP for Halo Reach, Bungie introduced set loadouts for players to play with. How would you feel about Bungie taking the wheel and providing players with specific armor guns uh, mods classes to use? Example, Nova Bomb only PvP game type. So somebody kind of asked this question in a similar way because you got the Scorch playlist and they talked about something similar. Number one, I would be worried again about engagement levels going down if people don't really like that week. Number two, it starts to feel like you're just trying to sneak Halo into Destiny with curated loadouts. Now, I know your example sounds way more exciting, Nova Bomb-only game type. That sounds too close to mayhem. So if you've gotten to curated guns, curated builds, you know, no supers, no whatever, I feel like people have always tried to sneak Halo back into the the game they're always trying to sneak halo back in and i would be concerned is that's what that playlist would feel like and then it would it would fundamentally only appeal to a certain type of player and then struggle with engagement it's not that it's a bad idea i'm worried that it wouldn't fit it wouldn't it wouldn't slide in real nice and sock it in and like oh that fits really really well with where the game, game is right now um I, that would be my biggest concern. So it sounds like a great idea on paper, but I think in practice, it would struggle to, with with consistent engagement and again, just sort of feel like, yeah, you're just trying to sneak in Halo into Destiny. You know, Destiny's not... that You're trying to take the space magic out. And again, I, we already know that people didn't like the curated loadouts for Eater of Worlds and Spire of Stars. That's probably why Last Witch got its Prestige raid canceled because it was going to... Uh, it was going to have those... those curated loadouts probably attached to it. So more than likely, if you tried to do something like this in the Crucible, you would struggle for engagement. People would say, I am not going to freaking go into a game mode that tells me what I have to use. It's different when it's Scorch because everyone's running around with a Scorch cannon. I think that's a little bit different than telling me what guns I have to use. Guns are a little bit more expressive. Maybe you just hate auto rifles or you just hate uh, pulses and you're just all about hand cannons or maybe you hate hand cannons like whatever weak it is would, would not get your engagement because your primary weapon is such an extension of your skill set and what you like doing this is why bounties break down significantly for people people like so I gotta go into the crucible I gotta kill guardians, which is already, you know, a challenge for some people. And I've got a build that I like to use. I've got a gun that I like to use, but you're telling me I gotta get kills with these other gun types. I think I got the most heated and the most salty in D1's in D1's Crucible whenever I was trying to do bounties, because I would go in and play in a really stupid way. You would know, just switch to your shotgun or melee this guy, you can win, and you're trying to finish him off with the hand cannon or whatever gun you're trying to get the bounty for. You know, I remember when I was working on the thorn. That's what I was doing. I was trying to get those those headshot kills with the Kindled Orchid, and I would literally lose a fight that I should win because the player was just bum rushing me sloppily. But instead of just shotgunning them or meleeing them because they're low health and I know that I could, I just kept shooting with the Kindled and would lose fights. You end up playing not on instinct, but on sort of like a, on 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 a you're on mission, right? You're on mission instead of playing off of instinct. And I think that's one of the biggest frustrations. Yeah, the Iron Banner rocket kills was another example so we're going to continue looking at this information we're not quite done with Q&A yet we're going to continue looking at the new stasis information we'll do a talk in Q&A tomorrow if you like this style of content where it's more conversational more interactive it's like a live podcast uh, remember to click subscribe and the bell button and you're getting called out in chat chat is calling you to click the like button they're saying look there's almost 800 people here let's get that 400 likes let's push that so uh, thanks everybody for being here Uh, clicking like clicking subscribe clicking the bell button y'all are the best We got a question here from Leveny. Currently, the loot for a prestige run is pretty abysmal. Ornaments that are only usable on the raid gear. With Vogue returning, could adept weapons be a good motivation for actually doing prestige raids or raids with curated loadouts? I wonder if this is what they have in mind. Like, the weapons would be cool and stand out and normal, but then there'd be adept versions in the raid, and that would be their first foray into adept weapons, and it 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 would then mirror trials. Trials would have the normal weapons when you're just playing and turning in bounties or tokens, and then the adept weapons would be in flawless. I would be in full support of this. I would be in full support of this. I don't mind creating an internal hierarchy within trials and within a raid to say if you go flawless or if you run hard mode, you get better stuff. As I said in my video, the only way you can really justify people dealing with modifiers like a contest and you know and being motivated to change your loadout and try different things, th- those are all things, those are all pieces to a puzzle that don't really link together well without loot at the center imagine you're putting a puzzle together okay and you know you always do that outer edge first and so to me, the outer edge is like normal mode, and then you start slotting in the other pieces, you know, the, the guns are good they have intrinsic perks, and it's all leading to a center, right, in the center, you get closer to the center, and here's hard mode with its modifiers, increased challenges, increased difficulty, you feel good because you got some of the gear from the outer edges, you've been working your way to the middle, right, you've, been, you've done normal you got stuff, you are right, re- you know, you feel stronger you feel like you're ready to tackle hard and then at the very center of the entire puzzle, the last piece that, bam lands in, locks in, in and the, and the puzzle is complete is loot if loot is not a driver for your hard mode if loot is not the motivation pushing you to really dive into the harder content i think the whole thing falls apart or feels incomplete it would be like looking at a puzzle and being like where's the two center pieces they're pretty big and they're just not there and you're like oh we didn't make them you know So if you go to all the trouble of doing normal hard mode and modifiers and increasing difficulty and making things harder on the player and you don't slot in that last piece of loot, bam, right in the center, I think the whole thing feels incomplete and worthless. It's why trials didn't feel right. It's like, what the frick is this? There's nothing really worthy of going for in the flawless chest. It's why raids have felt really off in D2. There's no real reason to run them. The loot itself is just not, there's nothing significant in them there's nothing to make them really really stand out so people just it, it again it's short circuits it's a puzzle without that center piece you're like oh, that's a really really pretty puzzle uh, it's a nice vase and you know some nice greenery but all the flowers in the middle are missing so it just doesn't look right it looks like there's this giant vacancy smack dab uh, in the middle and if you've ever put together a puzzle and there's a piece missing it's kind of tilting it's like gummit, you know we lost a piece and so In a similar scenario, that's why I said at the very, very beginning of all of this, you can short circuit the identity of the game, you can really short circuit it, if you curate loadouts and make people use stuff they don't want to, if loot motivation's not there, if loot depth, if content depth's not there, everything short circuits, and... This is one of the reasons people have really started treating the game so transactionally. You know, the AFK forges and then they were only running nightmare hunts and then, you know, now it's I don't even know what people are doing now. You know, it's you turn the game into a transaction of time because the the motivation and the structure is not there. So where do you go? You go down to the lowest common denominator of engagement and y- you do that in in instead. Because if if I know that the loot I get from the umbrals is essentially equal to the guns and the loot I get from a raid or a dungeon, where do you think I'm going to focus my energy and time? I'm going I'm to focus my energy and time on the, the lowest entry point, the easiest entry point. This is one of the reasons why I've consistently said we don't just need a hierarchy of loot, we need a hierarchy of content. We need something driving us up the ladder... So that we feel that sense of accomplishment and purpose behind why why are we actually chasing this loot? Because there's something on the horizon waiting for us. There's a harder version, a harder mode uh, out on the out on the horizon. And what ends up happening right now is it breaks down in two ways. Number one, it breaks down because the lack of loot hierarchy. You're like there's nothing in the raid really worth going for and then second, the actual content hierarchy is completely and utterly absent, so that breaks down too well, why would I get all this raid loot, why would I max out my level, what's waiting for me on the other side of this, well nothing outside of Grandmaster Nightfalls there is no climb up and do right, and and and, and, and climb up and do, and, and do the the thing to get to the next thing, you know the dissatisfied have rated Twitter. If they can't cancel Destiny, then they go after players. Are people upset about the information today? I feel like this information is so solid. Um, of all the people that would have a motivation and a bias to be extremely hard on and critical on Bungie, I feel like I could I could really lean into my bias and be overly critical. I find this information about the new Stasis stuff to be pretty solid. Um, so in in the when you zoom out on the structure of the game right now i think this is what happened in year three i think the bottom feels really fat and full really really fat and full and then the top is just very very empty and that's why i've continued to call for this type of treatment end game depth difficulty spectrum use the modifiers to motivate build changes you know give me really really better loot when i'm going into the really really hard content You know, not a slight on you. No, no, no. I didn't take it as a slight on me, Rocktooth. I was asking if people were actually dissatisfied. That surprises me. I guess I can't be surprised anymore. I found this information to be uh, great. It's a great first look at some of the potential that this new system's going to bring. Um... If if you want customization for your subclass, if you want customization for different builds, this is sounding pretty solid, you know. To get things started, uh, the concern if I just if I just throw out my initial concern, like I'm just going to throw one out, is you know your rift generates a shockwave that freezes nearby combatants. Is that going to feel? impactful enough to even care about or is it going to be like well by the time they get to me they're frozen anyway like if we're just freezing everything this down here defeating frozen targets with weapons grants you super energy that's the one that actually intrigues me more because I lose intellect and discipline but if I play appropriately what if my super uptime can be really really crazy what if my super uptime can be nuts think of it this way defeating frozen targets with weapons grants you super energy So let's imagine I use my super, and instead of detonating them with the wand, I freeze as many of them as possible, and then I get out a shotgun or a grenade launcher or something, and I just blow them away. Well, I'm out of my super now. I'm killing the frozen enemies. You see? I I just used my super to freeze enemies, and then I refeed my super by defeating all those enemies with a gun. So you can, I I, like, that's just one off the top of my head that could feel potentially broken. If, if you freeze enough enemies and you get enough energy back from killing them with guns, you may be able to have a, a really, really insane, super uptime by running whisper of bonds. You may be able to constantly basically run the wand. You run it, and then you, you you get out your machine gun, and you just chunk, 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 bam, bam, bam. They're all getting blown up by your gun, feeding my Whisper of Bonds. I'm getting super energy because I'm destroying frozen targets with a gun. Um, if you freeze them, I'm pretty sure they're dead. Well, then the language here makes no sense. It says, defeating frozen targets with weapons grants you super energy. That sentence doesn't make sense if they're dead when they're frozen. It doesn't count as a defeat until they're shattered. So that that perk, that perk perk's illogical if they're dead when they're frozen. Um, so there there could be some really, really, really good uh, you know, systems here to keep your super uptime. And that's just one that we've looked at. There could be grenade uptime. There could be the rift uptime could be really strong too if you build right. Um again, I, the, the glimpse I've gotten here is really, really promising. We'll keep talking about it, and keep breaking it down. We'll do an official video and Q&A tomorrow, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna cut Q&A here. We're going to do VIP call-ins in a little bit. If you enjoyed this content and segment and you're here right now, please click subscribe and the bell button. We're trying to get that subscriber count to go up. That's free to do. Subscribe, bell button, and then smash the like button. Maybe we can hit 500 likes before we jump into VIP call-ins. If you want to do a VIP call-in, click the join button and pick between those tiers or go to Patreon at SNTRPresents.com as always, if you're watching or listening to the past broadcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in Uh, where we talk about the Bringing Back Curated Loadouts, the video that I did about it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or any other locations that this hits, you can always watch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. You can click subscribe, the bell button. Uh, You can click the like button or click the join button. If you want to be part of these VIP call-ins, you click join on YouTube, pick VIP. Or if you'd rather use Patreon, go to sntrpresents.com and pick from the various tiers that are there. We're going to start today with Light Leap. Sir, what do you want to talk about today?
1: Hello, Lono. Um, first of all, I'd like to address your talk and everything about the loadouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a weekly, even if it's just an incentive, I think that's the best way to go about it for sure. I just still think that people will just ignore. I don't think Bungie's good at doing that, honestly. And I think they will. people will just ignore bad weeks just like they were like there were bad weeks during the prestige loadouts, you know, because mm-hmm. essentially, especially for people who go into prestige mode rates, they are all about efficiency. They won't see it as just an incentive and still run their loadout. If they don't like it, they'll just ignore the weeks. I think, you know, do you think so, so, I yeah. was just,
0: I want to, I want to, I want to have back and forth here. Do you think Reckoning kind of proves that false, though? Because didn't we, didn't we run a lot of different loadouts for the Reckoning week-to-week week according to modifiers because it, certain things were way faster at melting and, and, and beating things? I feel like we did that in Reckoning, and I, I feel like people would. Again, I that's why I said you got to turn all the knobs. It's got to have fun and powerful knobs, not just pain. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, there, we. if I remember correctly, what you're speaking about is mostly... Um... Based on the cinch and heavyweight, right? Mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. were adjusting. I mean, the fire titan was all, the solar titan was always used to stun the oryx, that's and true. then the depart, depending on whether it was arc week, you ran anarchy, and when it was solar week, uh, you ran one k or certain certain weapons just proved more effective. I still think that. Um, I mean, that's a simple example, but I don't think. I mean, loadouts go pretty far, right? They were. Mm-hmm specific like telling you okay you have to run smgs or scout rifles or sometimes it's even still in the procedure rate something i think it still happens that there's double primaries and it just feels odd mm-hmm. um i think that i had a suggestion different one what, what do you think if if you would have challenges you know if like triumphs that you there are certain loadout challenges or they, they there's challenges weekly that and, and you have an emblem counter for example a special special emblem when you complete like one or three of them and mm-hmm. then um, you, you have different glows or, or or basically a counter that says how many weekly challenges you completed um, that would be an incentive to me to run loadouts but it, it wouldn't impact the farm because I'm mostly worried about that when farming is impacted by destiny thrives on that everybody loves to play with different weapons mm-hmm and usually in hard modes, it's already in because of the sandbox changes Bungie makes. We're pretty much locked into a couple of weapons if we want to be very effective based on their sandbox changes. So I just worry it would be still more hassle than, than actually what you want, um, like switch and, and entertaining and keeping it fresh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely hear where you're coming from because I know people would be stubborn and they wouldn't lean into it. And that's why I kind of use the reckoning as an example is if there was a clear and measurable difference, like we saw that, you know, Anarchy or even warcliff for arc versus 1K, like we we saw the difference. And if you layered enough modifiers to you saw a clear difference into how effective your scout rifle suddenly was, you, you... you would use it, even though you might ordinarily say, I don't like running scout rifles in here. Um, and again, I know people don't like change. They just kind of want to do the same thing over and over again. But then I think we also complain that like stuff is boring and we're sick of running the content. And so that's why I was like, well, this was the hard mode and it was like a weekly thing. I I think maybe my idea and your idea could come together into a a good combination or a compromise to where it's more centered around a challenge or it's centered around... Uh, a triumph so that you're you're motivating to play with loot I think my only pushback on that when people were kind of putting that in the QA is if it rewards you with more loot then it's kind of going to be like a well you'd be stupid to not do this you almost feel slightly forced to do it you're not literally forced to do it you're sort of passively forced like if you want to maximize your loot you have to run this uh, and Obviously, if they're allowing us to grind the raids the way we grind Prophecy, I guess you'd stop after you got your extra drop for the week, and then you'd just run meta. So maybe that's the right combination. I just like the idea of taking what's fun in a strike, okay? So right now, I told people, I was like, oh, it's solar with brawler, so get out your Ophidia space, you know, hunters. Um, And then you you can go run strikes. I want to take that week to week, you know, fresh fun feeling, and bring it to other pieces of content, which is what I think that was what the spirit of the curated loadouts were, and I don't want to I don't want to ship the idea down the river and never use it ever again when they could do something um, that week to week would make the raids feel fun because like we when we had Age of Triumph, it was always it's just Crota for a week, then it's Vogue for a week, and then you know you that that kept things fresh. Maybe what you're saying could keep things fresh. I'm just worried people would check the box off and then not look back instead of it being a thematic change week-to-week Again, as long as you're turning up the knobs of power and fun and you don't feel like you're running a stupid loadout, like double primary or something, that's why I think the curated loadouts are a hard... It's hard to use those as examples. I feel like they did a really bad job. It's like they did a poor job. It doesn't mean that we can't have modifiers that motivate certain loadouts week to week, but they did a pretty crummy job making that fun and enjoyable. And then they excused it by saying, you know, some weeks are going to be harder than others. I mean, like, what, what do you mean? Some weeks are just bad? Is that what you mean? Like... I feel like they would want to avoid that. It, you know, if it's if it's rotating every four weeks and, and every week is fun but different, I I could I don't know. I think people would get behind it if there was a clear if there was a clear difference in yeah this loadout or heavy or whatever is actually legitimately stronger. I don't want to go down the road that they went in D one. I'm actually remembering now that when they ran uh, small arms or specialist, it made your other weapons weaker. So specialist made your primary weaker. you know small arms major specialist in your heavy weaker i don't want to do that i don't want to do like a nerf buff thing i want to maybe just motivate that experimentation and if people ignore it so be it but i feel like that's a better way than than forcing it you know
1: i could agree with that i think maybe i was scared off because of loadouts what you're talking about maybe it's more modifiers specific to certain weapons i would just still like to um have some freedom with it for example like we have with the mods right now right now you have small arms you have rifles you have uh, large arms mm-hmm. uh, so instead of saying like okay it's uh, it's side arms you could say small arms and that includes smgs and side arms, or at least like two weapon types you know so you can still have this choice what you prefer i th- I, I think uh, that will be more exciting and will give the player still this freedom and still this what you're talking about and like freshness but still a little bit of freedom of choosing for themselves what's more effective, right? For, for example, I, I'm a person who doesn't like sidearms. I will always choose something else. And yeah, I, I could get behind that, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Something else I want to talk about. I just wanted to mention it because I was so frustrated. But what the, do you, I don't know if you want to talk about it, you can skip it if you if you like. The, the, the comments from Wish about PvP and how it's seen, do you, do you generally think that's, I'm not saying the quote is accurate or something, but I do feel, even if it's from somebody just working at Bungie, it feels, if this is their sentiment, Mm -hmm. it feels kind of. I I don't think that's right that they think of Destiny as a PvE game the way it's been sold. I don't think, I also don't think it's legit to say, um, you know, oh, PvP was always a sidekick because they never said that. Mm -hmm. They never behave that way when it comes to sandbox changes and they never i mean they advertised trials back in d1 and also season of the worthy so it always felt like a part of the game an essential part of the game so i don't i, I kind of feel like if they i think it would be fair to say if they're going into your four listen pvp is going to be like a side activity they would have i think it would be fair to say it's not going to be our main focus
0: yeah there's a there's a there's a part of me that wants to say i told you so and i know people get tired of that but i've been saying that for years it's primarily a pve game they've had to make all the pvp stuff free they went two years and did virtually nothing for pvp pvp is not a centerpiece for purchase although i don't like the way they positioned trials for worthy because it did feel like it was a part of worthy you didn't have to buy worthy to play trials um I I don't you had to buy it to rescue Saint Fort. I'm sorry, no, that was in the the the, seat, the previous season. So like you didn't even have to buy it uh, to play trials. So it, it, it was I, I felt like that kind of muddied uh, the marketing a little bit because I've always kind of said that. So I, but I don't want to just purely say I told you so to people that saw that from Wish. Where for those of you like, what are you talking about? Wish you luck. Apparently, has a staff member from Bungie that likes him enough to just feed him leaks and info. And essentially said they're not going to be pouring a lot of energy into really fixing anti-cheat. They are going to do their best to make it better, but it's not it's not going to be a priority. PVP really isn't a priority. It's primarily a PVE game. Um, this is all this is all quote. This is all hearsay. We don't know how accurate it is. Um, it's hard for me to say... Oh, there's no way anybody at Bungie said that... Because we can kind of see it in the content delivery... Um, it, it, the, way, the way that they've delivered content over the years... It has been very much lopsided and waited for PvE... And I think the cheating is probably really frustrating them and wearing them down... They knew they wanted to come to PC... They knew they had to leave the Blizzard launcher... And they knew part of their entrance point going forward was a free-to-play, uh, you know, model, free, you know, a free entrance point, free-to-play model, um, and that comes with a giant, gargantuan problem. That number one, I think they know, even if they threw everything they had at cheating, it would still be a persistent problem, and they may just say you know water's going to get in the basement you know we put up as many sandbags as we could but no matter what it's going water's going to get in the basement so we're not going to put a lot of focus on on it it's it's we'll do what we can To pump the water out, we'll do what we can to maintain the sandbags to keep the water out, but this is just the nature of this stinky, smelly basement. Free-to-play PvP games are just going to have mold, mildew, and stench in them, because that's where you're walking into. You're walking into a leaky basement. It's just... I don't... Other than doing two-factor like Call of Duty has done, and some other things they could do to really stay the tide, it it becomes a a feed me monster it's like the more they draw attention to it the more they focus on it seemingly it might it might cause them more work because it feels like whack-a-mole and it almost feels like a whack-a-mole like a hydro whack-a-mole everyone you hit down two more prop up because people get mad they rage they ban it you know they, they do uh, rage accounts they buy more accounts um, and so i I know people are gonna read what he said, and he even walked it back and said like it was uh, it was speculative or whatever. I think he did that because he realized he's painting their product and their future in a bad light, and he probably didn't want to get like, I don't think Bungie could do anything to him. Um, if you have a Twitter and a platform of that size and a YouTube channel, you are essentially press. you are you are allowed to receive information anonymously and make it public. Uh, as long as you don't willfully engage in defamation and intent to harm, where you are promoting false information with the intent of harming Bungie, as long as he's not doing that, um, even if the guy lied to him and wish was was saying things that were hurting Bungie that weren't true, he would have to have knowledge that it's not true. Um, And the only reason I know all this is because defamation with intent to harm really hits close to home with what happened to me, right? It's difficult to prove, um, but... You know, if he publicly admitted, right. "Yeah, I'm doing this to hurt Bungie," then Bungie would have grounds to subpoena his DMs, and then he, then he, you'd have to worry like, "Oh no, if there's any admission in his DMs that he knows it's dishonest, then he's in trouble because now he's willfully engaging in def- defamation with intent to harm." So, as soon as somebody admits publicly they're doing something to hurt another person or entity that's when they get in the hot water, which is maybe why he backed it off. And he was like, yeah, this is just speculation because it doesn't look good when you have people working for Bungie saying they're not really focused on anti-cheat and they're, it's primarily a PvE game. You got a pretty big audience that's going, what the frick, huh? What's that mean? You know what I mean? I mean, I saw you in the Discord. You were ticked. You were like, are you kidding me?
1: You know? I just realized another thing while you were speaking also, which makes me say even more, Frick Bungie, you know? <laughs> I am just say, like, because t- Trials is free-to-play, I just realized. So, so that's probably another reason they can, like, go... You don't pay for Trials anymore. You don't pay for PvP anymore. You pay for something else, for Beyond Light, um, which is mo- only PvE content. Which I guess, yes, in, in a certain way, you're right. Um, we should see this coming. I still feel like they know, like, my clan, a lot of people, like, played... As I said, there's lots of different people coming together in games like Destiny, right? And Mm -hmm. I think there is a big portion of the player base that sees looter shooters, especially also like in Division. It was always a goal The grind in PVE is fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's the end game for me is then always PvP. I'm grind for weapons and roles that I want to try out or use in PvP. And this will always be part of it. And they never explicitly state, to the contrary, one of their. Prestige modes, right, where you get endgame loot, is is trials, right? So I think I just hope that isn't their attitude, Um, especially that they just, yeah, they kind of throw in the hand, yeah, the towel. I I I forgot what the phrasing is of that, Uh, but uh, you know what I mean.
0: Well, and unholy unholy tacos adding a whole other element to this is like we we pay for raids and people are worried about uh, a world's first going to cheaters and. I, I, I think, uh, I think in general that's not a, 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 a huge concern for me. Um, main reason being, they should be able to check certain things to make sure it's legitimate. But I think the lingering question that everybody should be asking is: Are they going to be able to do server side checks? Server server-side checks is the big problem that people can like give themselves ammo and stuff now. There's no there's no server-side checks like whatsoever. Um and if if people can basically even if they can give themselves infinite super and infinite ammo, is Bungie gonna be able to run a report to see that when they vet a team that wins? Like I would think knowing how main stage raid races are, Bungie has to be coming up with a way of saying if a team completes the raid, we are going to be able to run a report on every encounter and look at how much ammo people received, excuse me, how fast their supers came out, uh, came up, and we know what damage should look like in all these fights. So if someone cheats on the day one raid race, I would think and hope Bungie's going to have a giant, giant checklist. It'll probably take longer to announce a winner because they're going to have to go through that vetting process. Because even, even like a, a front and center team, like, redeem, they're still gonna want to check because you don't want anybody claiming anything in the aftermath. Well, three of their teammates weren't streaming and bit and it starts all this gossip and rumor mill crap. You would want Bunge to be like, absolutely not. No, we have vetted any any team that completes that day will go through a vetting process. Now I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I'm just saying you would think they would want to be able to completely shut that down from the moment they announce the winner to say we added a new layer of vetting process. So even the members of the team that weren't streaming, we vetted the amount of ammo they received, how fast their gun shot, how much super energy they got. Um, You know, I I would imagine they'd be able to do that. Now, there's a big giant difference between doing that on what amounts to, uh, you know, a, a handful of teams on a day one raid race and then if it, that's different than like the swell and swarm of cheaters every weekend in trials, you know, if you have a group of a smart group of cheaters, they can just pull up a stream and just wait until they get close enough to where it's not suspect and complete it. Yeah. But MD, if they run a check on that team and they, and they know, and they know that like, oh, this team did beat the bit, the raid faster, but their damage output was broken or they got a bunch of free ammo or something. I, I would imagine they'd be able to run a report and see that.
1: Well, what about Takasite is saying, though? They could, There could be, like, dedicated six friends with, with separate accounts who basically cheat through the encounters and then feed this information to a team that becomes World's First and does it legit.
0: It's tr- True, true. However, however, execution mm-hmm. always, re- always requires completion. So, like, they... It's a hive mind. It's a hive mind. So that's a good point, but you have to understand something. Let's imagine that you have a team and the name of their team is uh, the Wolves. And the Wolves go in and they have people feeding them information who cheated all the way to the end. So the Wolves hit every encounter and they know exactly what to do. I guess they would basically have to be like not streaming because if not, somebody would see it and be like, oh, that's how you beat that encounter. So the only way this happens is if six people cheat to the end feed all the information in a discord to a non-cheating team. And then the non-cheating team applies the formula and no one knows. No one knows exactly what yep. every encounter entails. Um,
1: Ascend I, wasn't streaming garden of salvation when they became world's first.
0: Right. Right. Dan, thank you so much for clicking join and becoming a Rageless VIP. If you guys think this VIP call in session is pretty cool, you just got to do what Dan did. You click the join button or type exclamation point join and pick the VIP and then get in the Discord. We also have watch parties every night for the repeat theater stuff that we're watching. Um, so. Uh,
1: I, I'm. Uh, you no, know, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like less concerned. As I said, yeah, you pay for raids, but at the raid race. I understand where people are coming from this is a big thing for them but it's it's a one-time community event it's not really part of the game in my opinion like pvp but if that's what it takes for bungie to uh step up their game when it comes to anti-cheat i'll, I'll, I'll accept it but yeah i think I, I didn't even think about that but but the scent was it was it was a team that wasn't streaming i mean you could theoretically they could be trying, and at the same time, there's somebody with infinite lives just, like, brute forcing the mechanics and finding out what works.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they... I thought they had a way now of seeing when people kept rezzing themselves. Um, so I would think that, um you know they'd be able to check and see if teams were getting around because that would be one of the biggest things is getting around wipes is it because can you imagine how much easier a day one raid race would be if you could just keep like resing yourself it'd be stupid like you'd be able to solve you'd be able to solve it so much faster exactly
1: um, and when they feed this information to the actual team how will we ever find out right
0: right yeah Wheezy said, wait a second, I just realized NVIDIA basically casually announced the one thing Sony has been touting non-stop for their PS5 in terms of SSDs is RTX IO GPU accelerated storage technology. Um, I don't I don't know what you mean by that. Weezy, you have to outline that a little bit more for me. So, um... Well, yeah, I mean, white mechanics will certainly wipe the team, but if you can keep rezzing yourself and get around the token thing, um... That that I remember, Wrath of the um, I'm sorry, not Wrath of the Machi- Machine, Scourge of the Past. They weren't limiting our reses by mistake, and that final encounter, people just kept resing. The world's first team just kept re- they they literally they weren't they weren't doing anything wrong. We all could do it, but they were getting more reses than they should have. So when they won, they kind of shouldn't won. They should not have won. They they had been rezzing more than they should have, but the encounter was glitched. It was letting all of us do it. So it was fair. It was totally fair. Everybody had the ability to keep rezzing. And so...
1: Oh, it's not only the rezzes. Oh, sorry, you weren't done. No, 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 go ahead. It's not only the rezzes. I mean, you can float with infinite heavy ammo. They can really just clear everything... Um, revive and figure out the mechanics without the pressure of the contest modifier or any combat mechanics, you know. So, they basically can just try the puzzle without any enemy fire that is uh, and without any ammo limitations until they figure out the puzzle. I think that's 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 true. That is that is an interesting point. I, I somehow hope someone will do it this way just to you know stick it to Bungie <laughs> because I can't figure out a very way right now. I mean, it. Would have to be a dedicated team, but I could certainly see people doing it that way. Some unknown yeah. people who didn't don't stream at least.
0: Yeah, imagine running through the raid day one with endless, endless Xenophage as your primary. I mean, it'd be busted. Like you, nothing would be a challenge. Every major, every enemy just die. I mean, Xeno is super strong, even with contest on. You know, it would be super strong. The entire flow would be off. And listen, I know people, especially I think you know people would hope for you know me to be like, yeah, let's stick it to Bungie because. You know, I might have some reason to be unhappy with them, but I would be more concerned about the genuine, you know, teams that prepared and grinded, you know, going in there and trying to do it. And, you know- I didn't not- mean it
1: that way, stick it to Bungie in a sense, like I would be happy about it. I, I would hope that br- would bring so much attention to the issue that would force them to act more- Right. More rapidly, that's what I mean. I'm, yeah, that's my primary motive, is just to bring as much light to the issue not 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 at all that it, i understand that it would be a sucky outcome for for players who try but i mean so is every weekend in trials for us i can't remember <laughs> right. the last time i could run a card without a mercy right
0: right right i um i get that i get that it would put it on a main stage in a big big way like you know bungie's annual raid race sullied by cheaters would be like the headline you know and that would put a lot of pressure on them to answer questions and say You know, how is this sort of thing even friggin' possible?
1: Um, Yeah, exactly. And then one week later, maybe the headline, Bungie steps up, puts so-and-so much money behind anti-cheat or suing a cheat-making company that would make me happy. If that's what it takes, I'm not going to complain about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I may have to read again some of the stuff that he tweeted out. um, Some of the stuff he tweeted out just to see if I want to make a video about it because I think... I think it'll probably be a growing concern about both uh the raid race as well as as just PvP in general and the future of trials on PC. Um I think it's totally legitimate to to say, you know, do you guys even care about this
1: portion of the player base? Uh it would be interesting to see if their what their future is for PC then, and how many content creators with 60 FPS coming in the new consoles. Because I mean, Wish already said he's gonna he's he's open to switching back to console for yeah. PVP, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of uh, content creators said, "Wow, they can't wait to go back on the sticks with 60 uh, FPS." Yeah, I'm really yeah, I, I'm really worried a little bit about the PC future if 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 there's no way around it.
0: I think that's been a growing concern for a while because as soon as started the, the, a lot of the tech a lot of the tech started getting announced about PS5, Xbox, Series X and a ton of those streamers were like saying, well, I'm switching and then you started seeing the um, you know, the, the, the PVP crowd that does carries, uh, like uh, trials carries, they all were like, oh yeah we're switching, because we'll make they'll, they, like especially the people that make money carrying people in trials, <laughs> they'll make more money because they'll have more efficient card runs. They won't have to face cheaters. Now, obviously, Dossing is a concern, but you would hope that the, that the, the swell of an increase of a player base size would minimize the amount of people that you would run in dosing. Um, I'm amazed they don't catch dosers. to be fair. I, that, that seems like something that would be easier to run a report on. You don't have to do a server-side check. You could see somebody who's consistently going to the Lighthouse or taking people to the Lighthouse, and the other team just keeps mysteriously disconnecting. Um,
1: yeah. I don't know yeah I don't know much about the technology but considering that that is an actual crime I don't know it's, my position was always that peer-to-peer in this day and age is something that Bungie is responsible for and should be held accountable for a little bit because I mean they are advertising your IP to the world so maybe there's a way with, with, the, with the new consoles and new live services to do something like Steam like routing you for, through certain um, masks or something—I don't know the technology, so I apologize if this is wrong—to hide yep. your IP address. I guess this is this is a good way forward.
0: Yeah, they essentially assign you like a token, and so if anybody who's interacting with you in the peer-to-peer environment, uh, they can't see your IP. It's a generic token. It's like a made-up number. Um, I've never understood why oh, they wow. didn't just do a, like like assign you a generic IP address that's meaningless. Like you know, here's here's your IP, but that's not it's not yours um kind of how a router does it assigns you that generic local ip and that's not your genuine ip address um i always thought there'd be a way to do it i th- they essentially do that they essentially assign you like a token um I, that was one of the reasons when they added that there was a lot of disconnects and problems i think it was for for pc crowd it was causing issues
1: uh yeah and- there was some steam server issues what actually quite interesting reading through that through that explanation from a steam developer on the disconnects um, yeah well, uh, I have some stuff on augments and what we learned about stasis, but I can keep that till tomorrow because you gave me already so much of your time. So thanks for thanks for the chat.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Tomorrow should be good.
1: All right, yeah, looking forward. All right,
0: all right. I'm gonna come down to Rexis. Rain, Rain asked to go last, Rexus. so you can go ahead and take the second spot. About uh, we talked about you know curated loadouts, making end game harder, more challenging. You're gonna have to unmute. If you're here, if you're not here, there you yeah, go. Yeah, sorry. I was,
2: I, I was, I, I, usually... was va- I was, oh, yeah. va- I was vamping. I was just adding. I was just adding words. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, when is he done talking? When is he done talking? Oh, he started. <laughs> I didn't yeah, unmute. It was, fi- it was filler. Oh. It was filler. I was <laughs> waiting
0: for the mic, the mic icon to go away.
2: <laughs> no, I, 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 I forgot because I usually just uh, put up my mic, mm-hmm. and auto muse. Uh, yeah, uh, curated loadouts are not sure if they're a good... If if they are as they are currently, they're not a good idea. They are too specific. It's not fun to go... Like, we, we, in the Eater of Worlds, uh, as an example, I think it's already brought up, we have weeks that are just bad. That you just don't want to. If you have, I don't know, sidearms, uh... As, side arms, uh uh, What's it? Sidearms, sh- shotguns, and grenades. It's mm-hmm. just really not fun. Right. And everyone's like, whenever the week rolls over and we get the, like, uh, I don't know, auto rifle, sniper, uh, rocket launcher, or auto rifle, sniper, heavy machine gun. Ooh, yeah, let's go! Yeah. Always the same. And this, sh- it should not be that specific. It's also, I, I for example, I just can't stand pulse rifles. And every okay. time there's like, oh yeah, pulse rifles is good though. Yeah, they're good, but I don't like using them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, can we get an alternative? Many people, there are probably a bunch of people who don't like uh, uh, s- the, not sidearms, uh, uh, SMGs, who knows? Right, I wouldn't understand, but yeah, there are kind of different people. And that would not go over well, I'd say.
0: Do you ever wonder though, if like, if something is buffed, it would affect people's enjoyment. Like if it's not required, a curated loadout requires it. I was going for a modifier, uh, approach to where you would go in and be like, well, I, I ordinarily don't like scouts, but man, they are really, really freaking strong right now. Uh, it, it, you know, if this scout feels really good or whatever. Um, do you think that would have an effect on, on people's interpretation of how good or bad the gun and loadout is?
2: Yeah, that maybe it's uh, though it is. Uh, I'd say it's a bit of a difficult line, a difficult line to ride. You don't mm-hmm. want to, you don't want to underpower it. So it's like, yeah, I can just use whatever I want, and it's still basically just as good because I would have to switch to something I'm not used to, and ride, and uh, or then riding the line on the other side, and it's like way too strong, and either makes the content way too easy or the other options not useful anymore.
0: Yeah, th- that's the fine line. It, we we kind of touched on that with bounties. Like if they if they gut the XP and bounties are worthless, then nobody runs. Nobody will care to grab them. Or if there's too much XP, then they become too centralized to the level. And you could do the same thing with modifiers. Like if the modifiers aren't influential enough, then people will just ignore them. They'd be like, it barely makes a difference. If they're too strong, it could potentially break encounters. But this is where I think contest modifier would protect them from that happening if contest modifiers on and you're seeing swords and you have that always present sort of uh, delta it'd be really hard to take a primary weapon secondary weapon or a, or a, or an elemental singe burn it'd be really hard to take it too high because that you're always still going to feel slightly under leveled you're going to feel that increased health in the enemy their increased damage output So I think it'd be okay if suddenly the scout rifle was really ripping through trash ads. Like, that's fine. That's the theme of that week. You're not breaking the encounter because contest is kind of keeping things in a safe. It's almost like contest modifier puts up guardrails and it keeps the content in an environment where it's never going to be super, super easy. It's never going to feel chintzy because they all have that extra oomph of health and damage. Because um, I agree with you, if they did this and it was like it barely made a difference, it would all be for nothing. Like, no one's changing their loadouts because they don't make enough of a difference.
2: Yeah, it's a. Uh, by the way, you, you just sparked an idea. Don't. What what also would probably not be too much fun just in general, because it's like. We, we, we were at the point. I think that was a discussion just a little while ago. We need more, um, yeah, I I think that was uh, last week, Friday or something. Um, We don't, yeah, no feeding frenzy, multi-kill clip, not just damage and reload perks. Yeah. And we could, instead of going modifiers that increase just the damage of a gun, maybe kind of switch it up. Make uh, that uh, fusion rifles uh, disintegrate enemies in a wider radius or that uh scout rifle uh automatically get dragon get uh, dragonfly and if they already have dragonfly uh the dragonfly perk is enhanced Mm -hmm. not just not just make the gun feel stronger in the sense of you just hit harder you have more utility around it maybe maybe that could work
0: yeah we could take a lot of our input about the the perks on guns the damage and reload perks we could take a lot of that input and we could uh, apply that to these modifiers cause I yeah I don't think it, it, you just want it to be raw damage like I think that would get just just as boring like oh yeah every, th- th- these are all stronger guns cool and we all put them on and we're like wow everything's just pow 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 everything's dying really fast it, as you're saying if it was more about utility I like I like what you're saying like Oh, all scouts get uh, get drag- enhanced dragonfly. So if it has dragonfly, as you're saying, it would make it stronger. If it doesn't have dragonfly, it would literally just add it to it. Um, you know, that would be a way to suddenly make me consider using the scout rifle in certain encounters. I'd be like, well, yeah, dude, this encounter, holy moly, the explosion's so big, it's great for crowd control. Um, you know, they, they they give they give hunters. Uh, they give. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. not hunters. shotguns. They give shotguns uh, incendiary rounds that that burn through shields and armor faster, or something that adds like dot damage. So the majors that come out, you're able to you know burn down pretty quickly. Um, I think. I think a lot of the ideas we've said about both the perk perk diversity and some of the things we've been talking about today with you know curated loadouts being motivated by modifiers. I think is could come together and really make end game content and 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 the different choices that we make when we're doing builds and stuff a little bit more interesting than just seeking out whatever is the raw damage choice, you know.
2: Yeah, which just give it which is it would give us a different reason to use it, not just the old reason. Oh yeah, that's meta that deals the most damage. We can melt the boss within i don't know within one phase and be done but more that the encounters can also then be a little harder in a different way Mm -hmm. the encounter currently it's really if you want to make an encounter harder you usually just they usually just still um increase health and decrease our damage and decrease our health yeah uh that would maybe give also, more opportunities for different slant, differently slanted um, negative modifiers. I know we don't like me- negative modifiers, but we could maybe get different negative modifiers and not just the uh, typical ones that just burn us down, but negative modifiers we can work around if we go for the curated loadout.
0: Well, and I think a really th- good thing that we could see start to happen here is. You know, they have all this new information on what we can do with stasis supers. Bring, as you said, with encounters, bring back some of the specialized roles. You know, if if I have to do something by myself and my team's relying on me instead of the instead of the relay race structure that we have now, and I know I can put on frost pulse, which gives my rift that freeze ability. You know, I slow I, it, it, a shockwave that freezes nearby combatants. I throw that on my rift, and then. I come down to my fragments. Maybe there are fragments that increase the, the regeneration of my rift if I do certain things. If I get, you know, melee kills or something. Um, or from shattering enemies or something. Well, now I'm creating a, a particular build because I'm going to be the guy that has to go over to that side of the room by myself and handle things and I'm going to have a build sort of crafted for that. Again, you're 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 using the encounters, the modifiers, and some of the new customization to to not force us you wouldn't feel forced into that build but it certainly would be one option for survivability one option for how you wanted to handle the sit you know the the situation i mean even we were just talking about it like this one here whisper of bonds it says you know you defeat frozen targets with weapons and you get super energy so then you know could I potentially pop my super and freeze everything, and since none of my buddies are around, I'm by myself, right? I'm doing this specialized role. Kind of like when you get separated in Garden of Salvation at the end. Um, you know, and I freeze everything. And I intentionally wait for my super to end, and I shoot everything with a machine gun to get my super right back. That could be a a really, really great... Solo engine, you're by yourself. You're, it's this engine that you're building to handle the challenge, to handle whatever it is that you're uh, that you're doing. Um, I, I I think encounter design does play a part here because that is where everything's related. From the perks on the guns to the way that the encounters lay out to the way that we think about our guns and what's 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 the meta, it's all based on raw damage. And if that started to change with either modifiers week to week, where Well, sure, break it down to raw damage. The best thing to use here would be Xenophage, or the best thing to use here would be, you know, the 1K voices. Well, if week to week the modifiers dictate that, no, that's not the most efficient thing to damage this week. It's actually machine guns. Well, that would be fun. It would be different. You'd try to find a machine gun with certain perks or, you know, a a really big clip of a magazine and maybe there's a machine gun in the raid that has an intrinsic perk and they buffed the intrinsic perk that weekend uh that week too. So now you're not just going in and be like, "Well, what's raw damage?" Well, no no no, it's not about raw damage, it's about this gun's got utility. The utility's been buffed for the week. It's going to interact with, you know, a mechanic. I used the example earlier, uh Oracle Disruptor from Vault of Glass. You know, if that was buffed, but only buffed on machine guns, SMGs and auto rifles for the week, that would maybe like motivate you toward using a machine gun or you might be like nah i'm actually going to use an auto rifle it'll get the job done so i i think it's all interrelated in counter design the way that we get perks on guns and even some of the stuff we're seeing for the stasis builds i think it's all interrelated with respect to getting to a place where we're doing something different week to week or changing our loadouts and not always running meta um but the only way that happens is if everything kind of bang, you know, bangs on all cylinders. If you try to only do it from one angle, I think it'll fall flat. You know, like I said in my talk, if you don't do loot at the center, a lot of this falls flat because people are going to be like, "I don't care. I-, I have zero care to do this." There's no, uh, there's no loot motivator. You know?
2: Yeah, very much agreed. Uh, just good example. I haven't been in garden for quite a while. Just because I don't care too much about the loot. Yeah. Maybe that's another thing they should uh, put in. I th- think I said that before. Uh, let us... Like the... Uh... Ah, words. If we unlock a piece of the uh, raid armor, either directly give it to us or let us unlock it with other drops or just a quest or something let us unlock it into a uh, universal ornament because if if you only run around with parts of raid armor it also kind of looks weird to be honest Mm -hmm. raid armor, it's especially garden is so specific that you can't pair it well with other things
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to see how they implement transmog for that reason. Like, if you want to wear all the raid armor, but like you have other armor that you prefer or other stat rolls that you prefer, what's you know what's transmog going to look like? I don't think we're going to get transmog in Beyond Light. I think I bet you it doesn't come until the spring, um, but you know maybe the winter, but probably spring. Just because of the delay, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna get it. So. Yeah, somebody asked me to run garden today for, for 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 power drops like raise my power level i'm like dude beyond light got delayed i got all the time in the world to get these <laughs> last couple of levels to hit 1060 it's
2: like you know well, the other thing is what do you even want to hit 1064 i honestly am at 1050s like armor gear like my gear is around 1053 1054 and there's a I'm honestly fine. There's n- no content that I really need such high armor for. And with beyond light, the cap is raised anyway. I, I get, I get those missing levels in a jiffy.
0: I am mainly doing it because the first week there's that raid race and getting as strong as possible. Like that extra 10 levels can make a difference. Um, Cause you're, I'm a, I am, you know, if, if you and I both get yep. plus 15, the first week, I have an extra ten underneath of that, you know.
2: Yeah, but that's more be- also because we have still the uh, bad RNG leveling. <laughs> true, true. It's, leveling completely could completely change focus? and not—it won't matter at all. <laughs> yeah, if if I could fo- if I could focus if if the if uh ten sixty is the new um, soft cap or rather the, the the soft soft cap basically, and uh, where where the blues can drop, then I'm fine i'm just as fine as you i just have to race a little fast to get there but i'm fine
0: yeah yeah i just if you're trying to jump into the raid day one and they do that friday raid launch you have a short window of time to level and giving all of my drops that plus 10 drop you know plus 10 that first week is the main reason that I'm doing it, because I know how Bungie likes to make that week one raid power grind uh, truly abysmal and terrible. I hope leveling gets completely overhauled. I mean, I'm already seeing... I was already seeing people uh, taking screenshots of, uh, of some of the content creators that were huge about slow leveling and infusion. All of them saying that they hope it gets completely overhauled for year four because they didn't like it and i think the main reason they didn't like it is they started taking breaks if you're playing every season back to back season back to back season and you're always rolling into the next season then it doesn't bother you as much but the minute you take a break and you come back you sense the absolute just stupidity and futility of the leveling and so more and more folks are switching teams and saying, "No, th- this this is freaking awful. Like, I can't just jump into the content and enjoy it. Um, I have to spend one or more weeks, one or more weeks, like grinding up and not being in control of of the outcome. And that then, because what people want to do is they wanted to jump into the dungeon and they couldn't do it. And I think if you have that experience with the new raid and Beyond Light and the new DLC." It's going to be another just, are you kidding me? Why do we have to do this again? Like, I I really can't imagine them not doing oh. something about leveling.
2: Oh, snap. The dungeon I remember was, though, honestly, the worst we've seen so far. Yeah. Because I played the season before. I played the season before, and I did a lot of work. I was max level. And I jumped back in. And oh yeah, the Dungeon is released. I did all my power and I was nowhere doing that and I was like, yeah, I would have liked to see that the first day or the first week, but mm-hmm. no chance. Not 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 in a million years. And the only reason I finally got to do it sooner than I was expecting, I think after about a week, was because of the AFK farming. Yeah, Because that was the only way to get anything, any more powerful drops during the during a week when you've mm-hmm. already done all and they all just dropped on your gloves.
0: <laughs> yeah, one, lightly, I, if he's still here, he said the <laughs> AFK Forge Farming saved the season for him because he was able to bypass leveling, he didn't have to mess with it. And it's like, it saved the season for him. And he's like, I wouldn't have played, I, w- I didn't want to do it again. And... Uh, I think that th- there's two there's two sort of significant things that I want to hear from Bungie with respect to are you updating this? Number one, are you updating the guns in any significant or substantive way, or are you just going to add a bunch of new guns and new perks? Like are you know are is there a gun system update you know tantamount to what we saw with Armor 2.0? The other question I have then is literally what we're talking about: Are you guys going to streamline and simplify leveling because it sucks and we hate it and i think thankfully their choice with the dungeon i disagreed with it but there's a part of me that's glad they did it because it really highlighted the problems with leveling and it got more people vocal about it that had previously been like leveling's fine it's fine if infusion is costly it's fine with the way that it's set up they were all defending it and i think the dungeon Uh, the dungeon really, really basically applied pressure to people who had been taking breaks, and what rose to the surface was, oh, I understand why people hated this all this time. Um, Because for the longest time, they had no empathy and sympathy. They were just like, no, it's fine, just play like me, and... They, I think they 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 came to the realization because of the dungeon. Without that dungeon, I don't think anybody would have said anything this summer. It would have been business as usual. It'd have been layup jump in, new leveling, new new grind, new whatever. And a lot of those fair weather fans would have been like, yeah, it's fun, cool, pow pow, new guns, and then they would go on to whatever else they're doing. You know, a lot of those, you know, content creators don't play as often anymore. And but the dungeon was was timed in a way that exposed them to something that you know they they're not going to want to experience in beyond light. They're not going to want to have that happen week 1 with the raid again.
2: Yeah, I, honestly I'm also wondering if it they probably they didn't announce anything yet, but I'm not sure I, I'm honestly kind of wondering not because I'm expecting it to be otherwise, but it might have, be a change will it re, will it be week 1 again or will it maybe it out a little
0: i hate and i don't use that word that often i hate rating that first week i think it's stupid i think you <laughs> it's a mistreat of the content we play a disproportionate amount of hours to get ready it we rush in there we like we squeeze the content dry in three days i hate it so so much as someone who likes destiny and likes rating i just feel it is such a it's just it's 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 so it's such a mistreatment of the content and the week one instead of just getting to enjoy the content and enjoy the story and the new place and the i'm, I'm all I'm thinking about is raid 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 prep raid prep raid prep <laughs> who's got the calculator who's doing what what that person <laughs> find out oh that person find out you can get better drops from this over here oh i was doing this and said frick and then i shift gears i absolutely hate it I, it drives me nuts i don't did, I, did, I don't did, even get to enjoy the the first week
2: yeah then then the second week you, you're running the raid like crazy and trying to get through and after those two first two weeks you need like half a month off or more <laughs> to be like i need I need to recuperate from that that was so freaking ex- exhausting yeah
0: yeah i think content creators want leveling because it keeps people out and this boosting their chances of taking home the gold and being the golden child Oh, 100% the world's first race is completely, completely corrupt with favoritism. I mean, come on. It it is not built for the community. The raid race is built for streamers. It is. Like, they literally, they use it as a marketing mechanic. They literally tweet out a trailer for the raid. It doesn't say, jump into the raid on such and such date. It says, come watch the raid. Like, it's 100% a form of a form of content delivery nepotism. They are 100% favoring the content creator golden boys that are going to boot up to high viewership and and try and bag the gold. And what are you going to do about that? They know that it works. It's an effective marketing machine to do it in the way that they do it. Um I just think that's a picture into how how much, you know, some of the things that maybe even happened to me were connected to the fact that people content creators in Bungie are you know in cahoots about this kind of stuff they they schedule stuff they let them know about it ahead of time they give them the inside scoop I don't think they've ever given anybody inside scoop about like how to beat the raid but I definitely think they time the raid and they set it up to where unless you play 16 hours a day leading up to it unless you're a streamer and that's your job and that's your life the chances of a team getting ready in those amount of days is significantly lower they're trying to increase the chances of their of their chosen horses winning because it's more it's more exciting you know what I mean
2: yeah it, I very much understand it though honestly I I did not watch the I did not watch any of the streams that day I went in with friends not n- not even for d- getting it finished first, world first or something or day one just uh, I honestly kind of did it for the right jacket because it's uh. As rarely as they are here, I still enjoy going to conventions and it's kind of a piece of pride still. And I would honestly, that's something they should definitely keep. This piece of pride is something fun. I think. Right.
0: Yeah. I like, and I like make my it ray jackets.
2: accessible. It's... Yeah. Except more in the sense of time limit and not. <sighs> Accessible in the way of make it easy to get. No, no, no. But gi- give mm-hmm. us enough time because not everyone can. But I, I, I had to literally take off days. I, t- yep. I, I prepared and took some holiday days, mm-hmm. uh, leading up to the raid release and holiday days while the raid was going, so we could jump in day one and. Yeah. It was. It was not. <laughs>
0: Well, people in the chat are like it's not meant for casual levelers homie I'm not a casual player but I don't want to dedicate 13 to 16 hours a day to get raid ready that's not that's not even hardcore there's a difference between hardcore and absurd that's absurd you're playing the game more hours than you're sleeping in a day that's stupid it's not it's not it's not healthy it's dumb that, that give us two weeks to just enjoy the content I'm not talking about oh it should be accessible to Johnny two hours a night I, I mean let us just play the content and make leveling more Streamline to begin with. They have a vested interest in not doing that. Even if they streamline leveling, raids are always gonna drop super quick. They're always gonna drop super quick because they do not want, they don't want no name, like non-viewable people winning. They don't. And I think that's why the whole thing I stopped caring about it a long time ago when I realized they were literally building it for about 50 players. It was like you're building these raids. Not the raids themselves, but you're timing the raid launch for about 50 players that are going to be viewable by the public that you can use as a marketing mechanic and when, when I saw it for what it was I was like I'm just not interested in this anymore I'm not it's too stressful I jump in day one for fun it's a great experience because we know nothing yet and then after that I only run the raid if it's worthy of time for gear drop and after it, it, that, that's, really, that, that's really how I've always squared it I've squared it that way since people went into Wrath overpowered and got worlds first in two hours it was like this is stupid like you It was just dumb, and thankfully, Contest Modifier, you do notice that as soon as Contest Modifier was in place, it changed the whole nature of who won, like it wasn't one of the token teams anymore, Um, so as soon as Contest Modifier entered the the picture, and people that played an absurd amount of time, or saved bounties, or did, you know, Prime Ingram farming, they didn't have an advantage like they did in Last Wish, suddenly the nature of the race changed. And so Contest Modifier is a great equalizer, at the very least, for people who put in the time.
2: Yeah, but it is st- it is still... We still... The last time we still had the bad leveling. And, like, I made it barely yeah. to jump in uh, day one. I barely made it. And I did all of my... Like, mm-hmm. I did everything... I even jumped into every PvP thing, and PvP I never do. I never do it. I even went into that, and it was even more frustrating when I then got out of both my PvP uh, pinnacles, just got duplicates.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is so much more painful. Well, and I remember being really irritated day one of the dungeon, being like, dude, instead of just letting me enjoy the content and having the contest modifier set so like... Anybody can go in. Anybody could go in and just enjoy it. And contest modifier ensures that we're all facing the same delta. It was like I went in there and had a horrible experience, and I didn't even get to enjoy the the start of the season. It was it, I didn't get to enjoy it. It was awful. Um, you know, I felt like I had to, I, felt like I had to blitz everything and not just soak it in. I was soaking it in. I was listening to the dialogue. We were doing all the new stuff, and then. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I guess if we're going to want to check out this dungeon, we better run a garden run. So day one of the new season, I'm running garden and trying to get powerful drops yeah, from garden. I'm like, that's... this is
2: stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was, that that is, that in general also is really, really dumb. Maybe, maybe honestly, there should be some, uh, some part of the story might, maybe they should introduce leveling in there that you don't have to, if you want to, go, if, if you only have a set amount of time at your disposal in the first week and you still want to experience the story, maybe the story should also in this first week or mm-hmm. in general, the story should give you the first little push towards that goal. So a lot, you of, can, folks have, yeah, a lot so of folks have gen- said that. So, so you can gently enjoy the story mm-hmm. and not rush through it and be like, uh, yeah, that's nice. It's really cool. It's really nice. But I need to do so much more.
0: Yeah no I, we, a lot of folks have said that just have us level through the story so I think that'd be I think that'd be another option so then yeah we level every season but it kind of just happens as a, as a rite of passages, you know beginning of the season beginning of the whatever and then we just go through the story so I, I need to go to rain the dark because I uh, just looked at the time so oh yeah I'm sorry <laughs> yeah no it was good I love talking to it I love talking <laughs> with you so uh, thanks for calling in dude
2: thanks for having me as usual
0: all right, all right, Rain. Thanks for being patient and waiting. We're here at, we're here at the end now. What did you want to talk about today?
3: Hi, Lona. I hope you're doing good. I hope uh, things considering, I hope you're hanging in there. <clears throat> so, what I wanted to talk about and I want to preface this by saying I am not a PVP guy, okay? I I hop in casually. I like the I like to play here and there. I think it's fun. I don't give a a rat butt about trials anymore I'm not sweaty I'm not competitive this isn't halo right I think I want to ring in something that you were saying I think about uh, was it black armory something like that it was like black armory or season of the drifter you were talking about this about PvP needing to have like bigger maps so like you could have a little bit more space magic because for me, I'm a big proponent of destinies And I really feel that with Beyond Light, like they're really honing in on that with, with, with Stasis coming in. I feel like it's gonna be a lot of fun in PvP and a little bit cheesy, but I mm-hmm. like that. And I really think that you know, we have all these, you know, problems with PvP kind of ruining kind of the, the PvE experience. I mean, your baby sleeper simulant was ruined by basically knockoff Dark Souls mode right? You know, cause invading and <clears throat> aim assist, right? Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately we don't have separate sandboxes and, and, and all that stuff. So, but for PVP, I'd really like to, to kind of bring back what you were stating about bigger maps, bigger breathing room, allows uh, more variety with your weapons, yeah. you know, a little bit more space magic. And I, I remember you talking about that. And that, that's always kind of stuck with me. So I wanted to know kind of if your thoughts are still in line with that sentimentality, especially with stasis being added to the mix, or if your feelings on PvP has changed? Um,
0: Yeah. No, it's it's a good question. I I remember it was around the time where, you know, folks were waiting for an update to PvP, Mm -hmm. and it was in the wake of me theorizing they were getting ready to cut PvP loose. And I, that ended up not being true. So, you know, r- you can write that one down. Not everything I predict happens. Uh, that was something that I was predicting. I was like, I don't know. I, they, had, they had done nothing for too long. It had been, you know, d- almost like two years. I was like, they've done nothing. I was like, I think they're getting ready to cut it loose. Um, and I ended up being incorrect. And so in the wake of that prediction, I said that if, if they wanted to solve some of the problems that were commonly complained about in Crucible, I said you would do bigger game modes, bigger teams potentially, and it would minimize the frequency of some of the things that people talk about. The frequency of getting killed by Heavy or uh, Mountaintop, that would go down if maps were larger and could breathe more. And then folks said, well, then everybody would just camp with snipers and scouts and sit back. And I said, well, that's when you have to create maps that are dynamic. There are big open spaces, but then there's smaller spaces that are more clumped and, and give you um, flanking options. Now, I think this is very, very difficult to pull off. Pulling off a large-scale map that's dynamic enough to give room for someone, if they want to, to run around with a hand cannon and a shotgun and to leverage that playstyle. Uh, it's tough to give them enough space and enough map capital to do that if you're also giving space for open areas and sight lines and sniping and scouting areas that would make it again, if there's if there's more space and more traveling that you have to do, uh, some of the some of the frequency of the of the kills that people got tired of could be minimized. I don't think that's ever gonna happen now. I think Bungie has sort of leaned into the the six v six, three v three modes again, and the maps that do do you know well for those modes, and obviously it's frustrating when you end up on a small trials map and there's there's twelve people running around six v six on some of those maps is infuriating because you get kind of stuck into a spawn farm where you spawn and you're not with your team and you're getting rushed by two or three people and you know you don't have a chance, um so I do think they need to be better about that I think the the, the actual um map rotations and distributions should be more in accordance to the spirit of the map i think some of the maps are just absolutely terrible with 12 people on them and i don't here let's let's imagine wish you luck didn't leak anything i was not Mm -hmm. anticipating pvp changing dramatically or drastically at all in year four it's 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 a Mm -hmm. a top that they spin up and they let go for the year they're 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 just—they're just, they're not going to do much with it. I think you're going to get adept weapons and trials in the winter. A small—a small loot pool update for Shacks in Beyond Light, and they're adjusting again. They're rotating modes and maps out, and they're rotating some modes and maps in, and that's it. I just—I don't think they're. If you look at the modes, they're rotating out. Anytime time they've tried to innovate with Breakthrough, Lockdown, Salvage, Countdown, all these modes they've tried to innovate on, they have not gone well at all. There's been very few modes they've innovated on that have been a success outside of something like Scorched or Mayhem, and those are more about the boom, pow, and the fun than the refined new game mode, um the thing is we're not asking for much we are asking for a big overhaul right, I don't think you necessarily need an overhaul, Wheezy I think my concern would be Stasis's influence on these smaller maps these smaller environments the 3v3 especially environments um, I think I'm a little bit more concerned about that, that I'm actually concerned about the anything else if, if if I think stasis's influence on trials is potentially is potentially the the, the biggest the biggest aspect here because of mm-hmm. its ability to be so map controlling um I, I, that's that's my that's my primary concern honestly I I don't think yeah. they're going to start throwing in insane weapons and meta breaking crap that infuriates you I think it's going to be more about stasis's role in the crucible being a form of frustration or a source of frustration mm-hmm. I should say
3: uh- I think, I think another, like, you were stating about map design being too small and clustered. And I think that's a remnant from, you know, double primary D2 vanilla, where mm-hmm. it was all just, like, sight lines. And it was kind of, like, I think it kind of followed, if I'm not mistaken, the Call of Duty map formula before, I think, Modern Warfare, the current one. Where it was just, like, almost, like, three separate lanes with, like, minor... Like minor deviations, but not significant enough. And you had to mm-hmm. like bunker down in like these specific lanes and spaces, whether they had the high ground or the or like an area where they, they couldn't hit you, you know, like you're below and they can't reach you, you know. And that's an issue that I've personally found because like there's there's a map that I loved from D1 that I'm so glad that came back Rusted Lands, best. Yeah destiny map i don't care what anyone says it is the best pvp map for 6v6 and 3v3 i will fight anyone on that but i also (laughs) i also miss the maps like bastion you know that big map on mars remember i think it was combined arms i think what's the name of the mode Mm -hmm. where it was kind of like it was basically what i referred to as spicy halo it was it was those big maps but with vehicles But, you know, you have Destiny's abilities. Destiny's supers, grenades, melees, Mm -hmm. exotics, Mm -hmm. you know. And I really, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed that Bungie didn't lean into that because I feel like that's where Bungie's philosophy of of PvP really shines is like this healthy mix of vehicular and uh, boots-on-the-ground gunfighting combat. Yeah. I mean, look at Halo 1, 2, and 3. I mean, reach a little, but competitively no it basically killed halo comp but halo 1 2 and 3 you know they very leaned into that vehicle combat but destiny has the, the little extra flair of you know a hunter popping his golden gun or a titan using a bubble shield and then the warlock using um you know nova bomb and yeah. i really feel like they should have leaned into that obviously they're not i feel like they're kind of like you said they're leaning more into that d1 Kind of crucible philosophy of just 66-3v3, you know. Relatively, it seems like D1 maps over D2 maps. It seems like a lot of the D2 maps kind of got jettisoned, which I'm okay with because I'm gonna say it. D2 maps for PVP are trash. They're not yeah. like D1 maps because of the way that they were designed. And you've you've gone into depth because they weren't designed for 66 or 3v3. They were specifically mm-hmm. designed for 4v4 you know we had a i forget who said it i think it was um some guy in uh in in the live stream chat earlier today was like they need to go back to 4v4 maps i'm like they did that dale like it just did nobody liked it nobody liked 4v4 it right was really weird it was really jarring and while i'm not like the biggest comp pvp guy i kind of i just like the spice i like the soft i like running around with wither horde and like a gnawing hunger or sunshot in my eye of soul that's not even a god roll right like mm-hmm. You know i just i just like having fun i like to to mess around and you know i really feel like Bungie's kind of making a mistake by not leaning into the fun and i feel like listening to just oh you always got to use spare rations and mind benders or mountaintop and gnawing hunger or whatever it's like i mean like come on like that's not fun at least to me anyways i, I can't speak for all of people all of the community but i feel like it really shines when there's a bit of fun and i'm really excited you know for stasis like i know people seem to be a little uh, initially underwhelmed when they were first kind of shown in those trailers and then today yeah. with the, the shade binder oh i'm so excited for the depth i don't want to go on that tangent just yet i don't want to save that for tomorrow but as as a titan main you know make all the jokes you want i'm really excited to see how behemoth plays in pvp and how much fun i mm-hmm. can have freezing and then smashing and like going from there you know and i I'm really happy that Bungie's leaning into that. So, I don't know your thoughts on the whole Stasis coming into like PvP for the fun factor or how do you, how do you feel? Cuz I know you're not a PvP guy like myself, but
0: Well, and I think it's such it's a big subject. I mean, obviously you talked about a lot there, but I would say that's why I was my primary my primary concern with Stasis is its role in Crucible, and I think yeah. one of the primary factors to D2 maps being so unenjoyable is it was built for double primary but also they were very linear they were very flat I call them choke point funnels they basically just funnel you to choke points um which I think that's a valid concern then for you know what's that going to do with stasis if I'm constantly being funneled to a a choke point just to engage in combat right now it's already frustrating because you tend to get shot as you come through the choke point. If you're able to slow me, trap me, block me, whatever, uh, as I come through that choke point, I think it's going to add to it. So any time you look at the the role of something you can do in the Crucible, the question you always have to ask is, do I have an alternative? Can I approach this area another way? Is there a solution? Okay. And I worry so you're, that... You're,
3: you're implying there might be like a counter? Like if there, if there is a counter to it, Like, do you think that that's something that they should bring up?
0: I don't even know if a counter, like, if I hit a wall with a solar nade, is it going to melt it really fast? Like, I don't know if they're going to go down that route of, of trying to, like, counter stuff. But I could definitely see them say a lot of the maps that got removed hopefully are the maps that I'm talking about that are just too it's too much of a funnel to a choke point because if you're able to throw slowing nades and walls and, and stasis fields and I'm able to do that against some of these walls I mean some of these maps it's like where am I going to go how am I going to get around this choke point Um because I do think sometimes the question is can you do something different? Yes. Stop getting so close to doors and choke points and you'll stop getting rushed with shotguns. Make them move more. Give them greater travel distance and you'll probably win more of those fights. That's that's, that's Map Awareness 101. However, Map awareness 101 can also lead to frustration and a feeling of futility because you're like I don't have engagement options here. There's no verticality, there's no flanking, the map's not dynamic enough, it's too flat, it's too linear and so they're just going to continue to spam stasis at these locations or whatever. So I would I would say that's my biggest concern is what will stasis do to map flow more than anything because I believe that the maps in Destiny have especially Destiny 2 have always struggled and that is, the, I think, the greater question. I don't think it's going to be like, oh my gosh, it's overpowered, they're running around corners and freezing me and punching me and I'm everybody's everybody's doing the same thing. It's going to be more about... You know
3: people are going to say that, though. You know, sure. day one, they're going to be like, oh my god, it's way too broken. I'm like, I'm just sitting there, I'm like, dude, give it time. They did that, remember, in a... I mean, I remember in Taken King, granted, yeah, they were kind of busted as a Titan main... Sunbreaker was busted.
0: Oh, come like on, Hammers. Yeah, Hammers was thing.
3: Like... <laughs> but because like, it was though, Hammers was with, busted I though. It, it, I, mean, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I liked getting my revenge. It was funny because I, uh, I, I had a group of friends, they bullied me. Like, oh, you're a Titan, you just pissed to panic. And they, you know, can run around with Blade Dancer and run around with their golden gun. And the second I'm able to do something, it's too broken. I'm like, this is your fault. <laughs> you know that, right? Well but, and some you know. things,
0: some things can affect map map flow in a way that's unexpected yeah. like hard light suddenly was awful and people were like it's fine leave it alone it's fine yeah. it's like <laughs> I, I played like two games of sixes I'm like this is awful like the map flow is terrible it's like a it's like a laser light show it's like it's it's worse than laser tag laser tag was at least fun and you could laugh like hard light was just awful like map flow was disgusting because you couldn't move everyone's reflecting everyone's spamming um and so it, mm-hmm. That's. I think that's what what gets lost a lot of times in the discussion about the Crucible is. Are you being frustrated by a lack of options and 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 and. And combat choice is that the is that the pain point, or are you being stubborn and you're feeding a lane like oh this camper is sniping okay well are you feeding the camper that's sniping are you are you approaching from a different angle that's always the question that I have so I do think there's valid criticism sometimes where it's like this is completely disrupting play flow this isn't fun this isn't enjoyable it's uh, it's like when the Vex Smith the class needed to be nerfed it's like that that's just everybody running around if they had it and totally throwing off balance and map flow. So I, wish, I gotta I, wish ca- I gotta call it there.
3: Up, my baby. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> yeah, gotta no call it there. We're I at we're right at an hour
0: and fifteen. Work, so. Yeah, no, I appreciate yeah, you calling you in, dude. Me, man. Yeah, it's good talking to you. Uh, that's an hour and 15, so stick around. Don't go anywhere. We have another episode of Repeat Theater coming up in just a little while. If you're here in the live stream, please click subscribe, the bell button, and the like button. If you're listening to the past episode elsewhere, you can always come in to take part in these live at sayno to ragecom If you want to call in and debate with me and talk with me live on the air, you got to be a VIP. Click the join button or go to SNTRPresents.com to enjoy the Patreon tiers. They're identical to the YouTube tiers. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.